welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Tonight, we have some topics to hit on for some of the new listeners to the show and maybe even some new carpet keepers uh, out there. Um, the idea is we want to put you in a position to be successful and have fun with the hobby because that's what it is all about. Right, Owen? <laughs> it's all about the fun, like the fun you had today that you just told shut, me about. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Uh-huh. I tell you these things in confidence, and then you just bring them up. I, I didn't say what it was. <laughs> we, <laughs> you will know also, me off. <laughs> we also will be hitting on some topics from last week's roundtable. Uh, there was a lot of posts out there this week since the show that we were uh, that people hitting on the topic of representing your snakes and, and mm-hmm. how you choose to do it. And uh, I don't know. I felt like um, – some of my points didn't come across uh, as well as I would hoped, and uh, we're going to revisit a little bit. But uh, you know, uh, so it yeah. should be uh, should be one of those fun, exciting shows with tons of passion. Yeah, it. and I have to I have to call out Crystal Emmy as soon as possible. Yeah, he and I are going to get into a fight later. So yeah. um, I don't know why he's decided to fight me, but I guess we're going to do it. I uh, think you should duel off of the diving board at Carpet Fest. <laughs> Like walking the plank. Like walking the plank? Yeah, that's all fun and <laughs> yeah. games till someone drowns in the pool. Somebody dies at carpet fest. Yes, that yeah. is true. I don't think my wife yeah. would uh, appreciate No, that. I don't think Dory would be all right with that. Mm. So. <laughs> no, but uh, at, uh, at we, uh, we're also going to be having um, Chris and Dave? I don't know. Either or, both. Both, whatever. Know. I think um, <laughs> they're going to give us some updates on the uh, possible legislation that's going on down there in um, Arlington, Virginia, and uh, what we can do to help them uh, down there. It seems like things are rolling in a positive way. I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure, 100%. But uh, mm-hmm. from the last time we talked, uh, it seemed like things were going in a good direction. So hopefully we can uh, keep that going. Um. But uh, what's up with you, man? How you doing? Uh, eggs. We got eggs all of a sudden. That is good. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, my one coastal female, Trinity, dropped uh, 28 eggs with 10 slugs. So she's right on par with what she normally does, which is close somewhere in the 30s. But, you know, those 10 slugs is because she's, you know, probably closer to 11, 12 years old at this point. So <clears throat> we forgive her. Um Okay. And I got California king snake eggs. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I, all I've ever wanted. Uh, Your snake keeping is complete. It is. It is. I mean, cow kings were like the first thing I ever bred. And now I got a clutch of striped lavender albinos cooking. And oh, I'm like, gosh. yes. So, and th- this is like, I got the, I got my 2.2. On like one of those, like I don't know why I don't have these anymore. And then like they kept biting me, and I'm like, I realized why I don't have these anymore. So <laughs> the fact that they're producing for me is like extending the the I don't know why I got rid of these things. So it's like they're going to the the better they are, the, the probably longer they're going to end up staying. If I didn't get any eggs, I'd be like, do I really need 2.2? Who's really pissing me off? So right, 
That's what so let me ask, so far. Let me ask you a question. How difficult are the babies to get going from uh, Cali Kings? Cal Kings, yeah. Uh, not at all. Like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get, like, a, like, box of live um, baby, like, fuzzies, like, or pinkies, and I'm going to feed all the little ones once, and then we're going to see just one live one because then they usually all take it, and then I'm going to offer them uh, frozen thawed, and then they'll probably take it too. I mean, it's the same way I do with corn snakes. It's just it, it, I, I don't see any problem with those guys. Um, it's a lot easier than some of the other animals I've dealt with. So, so on a scale of one to ten, Dominican red boas being a one. Twelve. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll go on the other way. Right. Nah, go on. <laughs> Uh, Condros being a five, where the right. Kings fit in. I, I want to say six or seven. They're they're, they're okay. pretty easy. Right. It's like with corn snakes. I, I will just thaw out the pinky and I'll leave it in there, and then I'll walk mm-hmm. away. And okay. they most of them eat, and then if they don't eat, you end up doing the tricks of, you know, locking them in a bag with it, making it super hot, all that fun stuff. What I've found is that to avoid having to even get to that point, if you offer them the first couple meals as just straight up live and then bridge them onto the frozen thaw, a lot of them tend to take it. It's almost like they eat it a few times and then when they finally see the dead one, they're like, I know what to do. And they like react, bite, wrap without even thinking and then they eat it and then that's it. They never see another live okay. one for the rest of their life. Um, what's annoying me right now is that my uh, Timor Python came out of her little winter fast that she was putting me on for some freaking reason. And how, now only once live food. So, like, I'm trying to get her to eat anything. And I had a bunch of live mice. So I'm like, let's see what you do. And she ate it. I'm like, well, crap. So now I have to figure out what's going with her until I can get her back to rolling on the frozen thawed. So, whatever. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass when they do that, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, but I've also had it in reverse where I've had this problem feeder for his entire life. The first winter he goes down and comes back up he's all of a sudden like the best feeder in the world like and that was the male macaulay he was like i only want chicken and then he went down for his first feeding came back up and i offered him a rat he's like food so it was and then he never saw another chicken for like the rest of his life so it worked out that way so with her i don't know and i don't really care it's only one snake and really have any boys so i'm not really built anything from it but uh, i'm probably just gonna have to grab a couple live rats or something here and there to get her back to where she should be so is it is this a project that you're going to keep after those uh those guys they're trying my patience right now (laughs) Um, okay yeah because because, yeah usually that's what happens with those right yeah i mean everybody we know have has had them and you know it's kind of gotten frustrated with them and sold them or had them and then like the male died and they're like well screw it and they end up getting rid of them um so right now i'm at that point where i have the one and i don't really see any out there that i can purchase to complete the pair so i'm kind of just sitting with her and luckily it's a girl so eventually the boy would come and it would be i could get like a baby boy but, um, and they kind of ready around the same time, but man, there's like the can't touch its tail because it pisses and shits everywhere. Uh, she's kind of developed a little bit of an attitude all of a sudden. So it's one of those things where 
she's starting to act more and more, I guess, on the same spectrum of a white lip uh, mixed right. with a Dominican red mountain bow. So mm-hmm. it's like you're 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 playing off some of my favorite snakes, but you're also playing off some of my most hated snakes. So I don't really know where I put you right now. So um, <laughs> I will move her from the top of the rack though, because that's becoming a problem. Um, but yeah, you just gotta figure it out. And if I end up ditching the project in her, I'll end up ditching the project in her, but it'll be something I'll probably want to return to uh, at a later date if I have the space, the time, and the want or opportunity. So, we'll gotcha. see. All right. All right. Yeah, I don't know. They're one of those ones, uh, you know, they're beautiful, man. Freaking beautiful. They lure you in with their beauty, and then bam! <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, I know. That's how it works. Everybody's like, look at the iridescence and the color between the scales, and then you get bit in the face. So, you know, it's the same way with most scrubs and white lips, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, what, what are you going to do? Um, Nothing. So, I'm pretty pumped. Southern Carpet Fest is a few weeks away, man, and um, April 29th, yes, for those people that don't know, um, uh, Bill was talking about it uh, last night on the episode of uh, GTP Keeper Radio, Um, they uh, they were busting our balls a little bit, man, we're going to have to, uh, you know, we're going to... We're going to have to lay the we're law the down, war. you know, because we are oh, yeah, the boss. Gonna, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're uh, you know, we're, we're going to go to Southern Carpet Fest and we'll smack some of these people back into line and then we'll leave. <laughs> we'll be, be one of those situations, you know. Yeah. You know. God damn it. As president and vice president of this Morelia <laughs> podcast empire that we have started, I demand some respect from these guys. <laughs> oh, um, award, award-winning, award-winning Morelia podcast empire. Uh, no, if you're into, uh, if you're even remotely into blue chondros at all, it was an awesome, awesome episode. Um, there's tons of info in there. Um, you know, they had our favorite guy, uh, David from, uh, uh, you know, uh, with his, you know, you know him from, uh, well, he goes by David D, but, um, uh, from rough scales, but uh, dude, he, yeah, you know, we've said it before, but holy shit, his condors are sick, man. Well, I mean, sick, and that's sick, and we're sick. talking about animals that draw you in by their appearance, and then you're like, what have I done? Blue chondros are like that for me. It's like it, it's this blue creature that just is drawing you in, and then you have things like sickness. Basically, chondros in general, they can be absolutely stunning. No matter what color it is, it can be a stunning animal, and it just kind of draws you in. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a good episode. It was worth checking out. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, it was pretty interesting because he lives in Alaska, and um, what? All right. yeah, he lives in Alaska, and some of the um, you know some of the ways of thinking of keeping snakes when you live in Alaska is uh, is pretty cool, but. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was it was definitely worth checking out. So if you sh- if you want, but anyway, they were talking about the Southern Carpet Fest, and uh, I can't wait to go down there see those guys again. They're all they're all awesome, yeah. uh, very very welcoming to us Northerners and uh, <laughs> or Northeasters. Uh, dude, dude. <laughs> you know, uh, again with the whole like they were coming in to check on me, they were coming to shave my head. I don't believe them. <laughs> For a second. All right. You would look pretty Still good. Bald, in, though, 
If I was Paul, like, you, you go, I am mean, horrible. But you know, like, how you doing, buddy? I'm like, poor shit. I caught you. So, you know, there was, I'd be like, I'd have like half a goatee no. or something like that. So I yeah, don't, I I don't told trust you. them. They were going to yeah. do your, your face just like the half the last man on our show where the guy had half a beard and half an eyebrow. And exactly. Half a... <laughs> exactly. I caught them. But aside from that, Bill's, Bill's very accommodating. He's got a wonderful house. Um, his wife, Kim, is an amazing host. And, like, again, with that whole thing, if we're there and you're drinking, and the second you finish the beer, you put it down, a full one appears in your hand. And that leads to trouble. But I also said that uh, we're also going to bring Matt and his wife, Kim, with yes. us. And we're all going to save John as much as humanly possible and oh, yeah. call it water and see how many people we can freak out. Yeah. So that's hey, going to be a thing. Is it okay if I get some water? Water? <laughs> water? You're like, you, no, it's like you, you ordered it with the waitress. You're like, I'll have the water. And she's like, the fuck is that? So, you know. That's that new drink. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I'm just going to point at the menu and be like, I'll have this, John. And, yeah. and it'll just be like that. Even more craziness. That's right. Um, they did release their uh, shirts today. And uh, our good friend uh, Austin uh, Warwick, uh, he did the design. And if you want to order some, uh, get in contact with him. Uh, they're 20 bucks a piece. And PayPal is cool. Uh, if you're paying cash, you can do it at Carpet Fest. That's how they lure you in. Um, yeah, it is. But no checks, no checks. And uh, obviously all the proceeds after they cover the cost of the shirts are going to U.S. Arc. And nice. I think the cutoff is the first Friday in April. So got a limited window, but uh, you should jump on it. It's a cool design. I uh, shared it over on the uh, Morelia Python Radio Facebook page. And also the Southwest uh, guys have a shirt going on as well. I shared both of those over there. You can uh, get in touch with um, the Southwest, uh, the kind of Jurassic Park looking one with the skeleton. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I like that one. Yeah, you know. so check it out. Uh, I guess we got to get cracking on ours. Soon so, we uh, shall unveil ours, and then yes. it will be like spectacular. Yeah. So yeah. if you say so, I believe you. I trust you. It's actually um, just going to be Eric's face, like in the middle. And then I my think face we should on get, the back. We should get <laughs> Owen shaved half yeah. and half. No. No. <laughs> no uh, one wants to see that. I don't uh, want to see people burning shirts. So. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you can get down there, man, and any of these carpet fests that are going on, um, man, it is definitely worth it. It yeah. is, uh, you know, Bill gave a, a good a good promotion about it. But, uh, I mean, he, he pretty much hit on it point. Um, that, I mean, it's not like a show, it's not like the podcast, it's not like Facebook, it's not like any of that, because you get to talk to some of these people that, you know, you never thought you would be able to talk to on uh, a one-on-one, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's friggin' awesome. And, uh, it's definitely, definitely worth, uh, doing it. You get to, uh, hang out with friends that, you know, old friends and, uh, new friends, you get to meet new people, and you know uh, it's just so much better when you're talking to somebody face to face rather than you know on the Facebook or you know uh, text message or whatever. You know what I mean? Because right. you know when you're writing words down, it's it's you can't get context, and you know sometimes it's 
yeah, leads people to, it's, it's much to get in trouble. To relax and hang out and just kind of yeah. see where the conversation goes. Because sometimes, I mean, like, I think half the time we were at Bill's, we were, we were, everybody's, uh, the first night, we're all hanging around the pool. We're all swapping horrible snake stories of, like, you know, what we've done, you know, uh, like how that animal got loose or how that one bit you, like, in the head. So, like, yeah, that all stuff happened, and that's the fun stuff of it. Plus, you know, it kind of lays a little some things to rest where you start swapping stories and you realize that your reptile experience where you could have thought that you were the only guy uh, or girl who has experienced something, you're not. You're not the only person, so they got, like, some common ground. So, you know, maybe you don't beat yourself up so bad about something. So right. it's a good thing. It helps us all grow as a community. Yeah. And some other kind of, I don't know, make something. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, you know, and it's cool. I mean, what did the tickets cost us? A couple hundred bucks, you know, if you go yeah. down for the weekend, you just have a good time. And it's worth it, man. I mean, you invest money into – uh, you know, your snakes, you invest money into the equipment, you invest money into websites and all this, you know, all this stuff. This is my vacation, dude. Like, this is one of my vacations. I'm going to go down to Bill's. I'm going to drink until I can't remember my name. And then I'm going <laughs> to stumble around. And your ass is supposed to get me on the plane back home. All right. That's your only job. Yes. That's my so. job. Yep. All right. <clears throat> so. As, as being the older and more mature of the group, I will make sure <laughs> that that happens. <laughs> Although, uh, although in my uh, car, carpet python uh, carpet fest uh, trailer, um, I yeah. was the one that was asleep in the car, not you. <laughs> yeah, that was that, was, that happens. Also, not uh, very flattering photos of me in those trailers. I'm just gonna. I say can't it. help it, man. I can't help it. Yeah, you know, it is what you're it right. is. You're right. <laughs> I could have doctored it up. Over. Uh, <laughs> nah, I'm all for photoshopping me, making me look a yeah. little bit better. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, give you like a little, like some better pecs and stuff and pop up yeah. the biceps. Just just I, take my head and digitally put it on Nick's body and I'll be good. Uh, so. Yeah, right. Um, Perfect. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? Uh, the only thing that, uh, I mean, I didn't really get a chance to check things out. I've, I've been so busy, man. It's just nonstop. But uh, yeah. Of course, a project that's near and dear to my heart is um, Albino Tigers, and uh, our friend Oliver from Morelia Morphology posted up uh, some of his, I guess it must be a year, two years maybe, year and a half, Years-old? something like yeah, that. Some of that, yeah. Damn! Those were his, they are nice. Those were his holdbacks, right? <laughs> yeah, those were nice looking. Yeah, and I so. like that they had some different looks. So that leads me to believe that I'm on the right path, path with this. as far yeah. as you know, the contrast and stuff, because there are different looks. So I don't know. Very cool. Who knows? Anything catch your eye? What's new? Uh, eggs? Uh, what you got? Uh, well, I got the coastal eggs. It's just coastal tiger stuff. And I'm waiting on a, a, um, on a few other females. And then uh, Jason texted me over a picture of the pet granite that's been living at his place. And oh, she looks fat as hell. So, shit. you know. I changed for Owen. I'm gonna make Chris. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Crystal Lemmy one just so he has to be like. And this is my IJ from Owen. So <laughs> for the rest of his goddamn life. Oh. So you know. Okay, to all my fellow IJ lovers out there, this is yeah. how we get Owen to come <laughs> to the dark side. We no, just, it's you not. Know, once, no, it's not. Once, <laughs> once he sees them and he starts working with them, he's gonna be like, you know uh-huh. what, Eric is right. I'll uh-huh. never admit it. 
but but it does it does prove a point. My male granite was locked up with a female over here, and it looks like nothing's going to come from that. And the female was over with Balin and is huge. So it's like maybe I figured out the problem of the pairing, mm. and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's him. So you know, there's that. So we'll mm-hmm. figure out what's going on with him. Um, uh, maybe I'll need to uh, keep a uh, boy back. So wait till they hatch. Okay. No, no, there's no wait till he hatches. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You'll see. You'll see. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what number is Chris or. Um, Hit buttons. Just start pushing buttons. Oh, no, there's like um, there's like 25 people in the thing. I don't oh, know which four, one they hit. <laughs> four, four, four is Chris. Oh, he's there. I got that it. helps. All right. And then he'll tell us what Dave is. Yeah. Hey, Chris, is that you? Hey, how's it going, man? All right, yeah, we're right. professional here at NPR. And, Shut uh, up. <laughs> he already knows. Just don't tell him that. Look, Chris, this is what happens What's when that? I leave Owen in charge of booking that is a guest. That's not true. So next time you want to come, just contact me directly because then I would ask you the questions like, what is your area code so I know what to click on. You know what I'm saying? Eric, Eric. Just get him. No, he <laughs> He lived with me, all right? He knows what he's dealing with, okay? I'm very he sorry for you, Chris. I'm very Stop. sorry. <laughs> it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a long 10 years. Shut up. I know. Jesus. I've only booked half that time, but I understand your pain. Oh, my God. <laughs> a lot of love going That's around. That's all right. If you were ever asking about the college days, I got him back plenty. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah let's not I'm gonna get really that out of him at Carpet Fest for no, for. Because that's what I'm delighted to tell you. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh wait, now I know Dave's too. Okay, here we go. Dave. Oh, now we know everything. <laughs> Is that you, Dave? Yeah. Hey. Sweet. <laughs> Figured this <All> out. Right. <laughs> now that we got you guys, give us the update. What's going on? What can we do? All the good stuff. Go no, I'll, let, I'll let David start. He's the boss. I just do what he tells me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so I guess Chris gave an update uh, last week. Um, they've modified the proposed ordinance um, a little bit, but it's still kind of wide open. They They've left out a lot of key information, and it can – change at any time i know that they're looking at lizards right now um hasn't been mentioned at all on any of the paperwork so we really don't know what's what's going to be added which what's going to be taken off uh before the hearing in june so we're asking again for if there's anybody that lives in arlington get in touch with us because we need Arlington residents. This keeps coming up over and over. Uh, the board members keep telling us, hey, you need more people from Arlington. Um, we don't need anybody to speak. If you don't want to speak, that's fine. We just raise your hand when we say, hey, uh, anybody here that lives in Arlington <laughs> that opposes this? Um, and first responders in the area, if you know anybody that's, you know, 
first responder that's close to Arlington or lives in Arlington that doesn't have a problem with snakes or exotics and they want to help out, come and give us a call. Uh, that's just another thing that keeps coming up is first responders and animal control. Uh, how, how are these people going to deal with these animals? So we need, need that perspective. Uh, you can also uh, keep supporting U.S. ARC. We're working very closely with U.S. ARC and PJAC and a couple other organizations. Not only support them with donations and memberships, but if you've got something in your town, your state, get involved. They need they need boots on the ground. They need stakeholders to get involved in this so that uh, you know they can have eyes and ears close by to know what's going on and to know how to help us um, help your fellow keepers in other states and other counties when this stuff comes up. Uh, it may not be in your state or your county right now, but I can guarantee you, at some point it will be, and you're gonna you're gonna be wanting help from everybody that can help you. So you know, help other people out now. To, you know, they can return the favor to you down the road. Right. And David, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I didn't realize this. I guess until you told me. I don't know how much public knowledge it was, um, but you told me a, a number of, of people that are actually active as far as working for U.S. Arc, and it wasn't anything like I thought it was. Yeah, my my understanding after talking to Phil was that. You know, everybody thinks that U.S. ARC has a, you know, huge staff and a huge budget, and it's it's not. <laughs> hmm. um, you know, they can't be everywhere. There's there's mm-hmm. a lot of local ordinances that are going on. There's stuff at state levels going on. There's stuff at the federal level going on. All this takes time, it takes money, and it takes people. And, you know, again, that's they need our support. Uh, again, with memberships and donations, but they also need our help for, you know, people going and talking to board members, finding out what the key issues are, relaying information back. Uh, and I, what we're, we found this at the state level and also at the, the county level, the board members or your representatives, they want people that – you know, say in Arlington, they want Arlington residents. They'll listen to mm-hmm. us, but we don't have the impact somebody that lives in Arlington is going to have. Um, if you're in a voting district, they want people from their district. They may listen to right. you, they may not, but if you know, there's some legislators that if you ain't if you're not in their voting district, they have nothing to say to you. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard for sometimes for people to get in the door. And, you know, that's – I'm out of – I'm not anywhere near Arlington. I drive uh, 150 miles round trip just to go up. But I know that at some point if this passes in Arlington, it's going to come my way. If I don't fight it right. now, I'm going to be fighting it later. So, you know, do what yeah. I – doing what I can now. Right. So, yeah, I didn't even realize that. I thought you were in Arlington, so you're not even really – I mean, as of right now, you're not even affected by it. But, you know, you're absolutely right. Down the road, just like everything, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not in Arlington hmm. either, but I was, you know, the last place I just moved out of two months ago was the county next to it. Uh, so you just, you never know at this point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I know a lot of people feel like, oh, well, you know, this is already de- already decided. Nothing I can do is going to affect this or somebody else will handle it. You know, unfortunately, that attitude needs to go because if you don't step up, who else is? Um, and I can tell you, just from the opposition that we've had so far, I mean, the original bill pretty much, I mean, it banned everything except for cats, dogs, goldfish, maybe hamsters. But if you Jeez. read that bill... Yeah, it was. It it alluded to everything. It didn't specifically say anything about birds, but it did say any uh, warm-blooded animal that could be found in the in a wild state. That's pretty much anything warm-blooded, except yeah. for you know a domestic yeah. cat or dog. Um, I can't remember exactly. I know with snakes it was a four-foot thing, but again there there was wording in there that alluded to everything that can be an animal control officer or you know a police officer could interpret that any way they wanted the board members could interpret that any way they wanted if that was passed right exactly they they keep playing back and forth on it like they they went to what they thought was going to be a 10 pound rule and uh, now they're talking about going species specific uh, which is an issue too. There, there's too many questions there, and too many people on their level that won't be able to identify this stuff. Right. Um, it, the issue of it, of it really is, and I think is probably, you know, our strongest feeling here, is that they're coming back time after time again to get small wins. They mm-hmm. came for the venomous first. They won with little opposition. Uh, they came and tried to do this four-foot thing, they got some pushback. And they're giving us the courtesy of hearing us out, and they're willing to work with it. Um, But at this point, we're just not looking to do any kind of compromise. Um, Because if we settle with a weight or a length or a species, what's next year? Right. Right. What's the next one they're going to come back in there? So, um, so So they find one, you know, one snake, one person makes a poor decision and then they come back and attack it again. Uh, so really the purpose here is to continue to push for, you know, responsible keeping, but no, no regulations. Right. And, and all you need now is for somebody to mess up and break a rule or do something stupid. Um, did the, the uh, I know since the last time we spoke to you guys, uh, there was that Cobra that got loose in Florida. Did that come up? Cause I imagine that one, when I heard about that, no, I'm like, that's not going to help. So thankfully I, I haven't heard anything about that. I also haven't heard anything about the dummy that brought a snake on a plane in Alaska. Oh, for the love of God, really? Yeah. And he left uh, it behind. Ah, um, oh Jesus! <laughs> so, David, we didn't get to talk about it, but I was curious about the Ocala thing too. You haven't heard anything about that, right? No, it, it hasn't been brought up. Um, I was kind of expecting for, I guess, last Friday-ish, there was an eight-month-old uh, baby 
baby that was attacked and killed by a pit bull. So I kind of thought that maybe something along those lines would pop up, but so right. far, and that was in Maryland. I mean, it was, you know, Jesus, a stone's throw away from, from Arlington. So I, mm-hmm. I thought that that may, you know, I know that this legislation doesn't have anything to do with dogs, but it does have to do with an animal attacking a child. Uh, so I, I was preparing myself for, for this sort of thing to, Something, to come out, yeah. but thankfully, so far, nothing, nothing like that has has popped up yet. But could, yeah, it certainly could. Yes. Well, what's the next step? I mean, what are you guys doing now? What's what's the next thing on the agenda? Like, when's well, the next meeting? Well, now we have these open board meetings every every week uh, when we go and meet with a different board member each time. And at this point, it's not necessarily uh, to fight or to push any issues. It's kind of to build rapport and see exactly where these people sit, uh, develop uh, some degree of a relationship with them so that they can open up to our side a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one, uh, uh, one actual Arlington resident that's done a really good job of that uh, with one of the board members. Um, they're actually going to, to meet with her, you know, one-on-one in the coming weeks, which is pretty cool. Um, this open door meeting we go to, uh, we've gotten in front of the same guy twice. Um, I mentioned last week there was another board member that even kind of scoffed at the bill and mentioned that, you know, he's got a picture somewhere with, you know, him and a hundred pound snake around his neck. Right. Um, the problem is there's, there's probably two people or so, uh, that are sitting right in the middle um, the head of the board uh, is a little concerning. He hasn't really given an opinion. I'm just afraid that, you know, he could sway others whatever way he decides to go. Um, and he was obviously in charge of uh, pushing back the, the venomous thing. Um, right. So, really, we continue to do this. Uh, there's a lot of outreach that we're trying to do. And we, we have to find people locally. David said this. Um, the only other thing I would reiterate at this point, they don't have to be people that keep these animals. Mm. If you have a, a friend, a coworker, a family member who just lives there and they're willing to raise their hand and say, I'm a resident and this doesn't bother me, that's enough. Right. That's enough, but I, I think they're kind of tired of hearing from me and him being, you know, farther down in Virginia and, and here in Maryland. Um, right. Not part of it. That being said, we don't want to slow down uh, uh, reaching out and voicing our opinion, even if we're outside of, of Arlington. We're stressing to find uh, residents, but everybody's voice still counts. And I think, um, you know, I'll let you know David give a few more details, but uh, I think now – uh, we're still looking for everybody to send some emails. We just want to maybe get a little specific to what the actual legislation is now. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, again, with uh, the way people can help out, those 30-second uh, U.S. ARC uh, little letters that you can put in your information and they send off, those are great, and they help out a lot if we can get a ton of them. But I would ask that please don't stop there. Mm. Take five minutes. You don't need to go in length 
with a whole lot of detail with a letter. But send a letter, uh, an email, you know. Even if it's something short, you know, I oppose this um, ban on exotics for, you know, your your reasoning. What happens sometimes is, and I think this may have happened in Arlington, because I know about how many of those 30-second U.S. HARC emails went out, and I know how many they said emails they said they received in total at the hearing, and those numbers didn't match up. So what happens sometimes is they may only count those emails when they're seeing the same thing over and over as one, you know, the form type uh, email letters. So, again, while that's helpful, they'll certainly, you know, realize if they get their inboxes filled up with 30,000 of these things, but, you know, take an extra five minutes and write a short little email saying, hey, you know what, I oppose this, you know, this is bad legislation, you know, and if you have any other comments to put in there, but always, please, always keep it civil, keep it professional. Um, I know that it's hard not to get emotional about this, but as soon as you bring emotion into it, you've done more harm than good. Really? And I, I also also recommend, and we've seen a, a lot of this now, uh, I've been contacted by somebody in the avian community, and they're seeing what U.S. ARC is doing, and the success that they're having okay. and they're aligning themselves with us. They you know, they want to get involved in our issues so that we can well, get involved good. in their issues. Uh, right now in our little core group, we've got veterinarians, zoo owners, uh, bird people, dog people. Uh, we've got a little bit of everybody in there. And, you know, the hope is that we can help each other out as, legislation pops up you know and like i say unfortunately this is something we're going to have to keep battling month after month year after year if you're going to own these animals at some point you're going to have to fight to be able to keep the right to own them regardless yeah. of where you live it's going to come it's going to come your way sometime at some point yeah did you guys does does the fact that i don't know how many you know professional breeders are down there in arlington but like do you guys say anything about the fact that, you know, even though some of us are not in Arlington, we may buy a reptile from somebody in Arlington? Does that count for anything? We have – the way we kind of approach that is that this legislation that you're proposing has far-reaching consequences, far beyond Arlington. Um, while it – may feel good to pass this in Arlington, it's going to hurt people all across Virginia, all across the country. And, you know, we go into some details about uh, not only the buying and selling of, of the animals, but uh, food, supplies, vet care. I mean, in Fairfax, which they have a ban very similar mm -hmm. that's, that's already on the books, that's being proposed in Arlington. In Fairfax, where a lot of these exotics are banned. They've got more exotic animal vets <laughs> in Fairfax hmm. than most anywhere else in Virginia. Uh, so it it kind of tells you a little bit. Just because you have <clears throat> this sort of ban in place doesn't mean you're really solving some 
problem. People are still going to own these animals. The issues that you claim are going to be problems are still going to be problems. Uh, it's just instead of somebody, you know, if, if their exotic accidentally escapes, instead of them maybe contacting the authorities to say, hey, this happened, I'm letting you know, I'm doing everything in my power to rectify it, but thought you should know, people are they're going to they're going to be afraid of some fine or you know being arrested or you know what have you so they're less likely to even you know to call the authorities when something does happen and they're going to, people are going to be afraid if this passes they're going to be afraid of being caught with something that they're not supposed to have and what are they going to do they're going to dump their animals which is bad on all of us i mean they animal control officers already saying that here a month and a half ago she found a boa in a dumpster Jesus. alive wow you know and you know there, there's no ban yet but somebody for whatever reason decided it was a good idea to put a boa in a bag and throw it in a dumpster and unfortunately there's a claim that one of the animal control officers got bit by that boa so you know that's that's part of what their their issues are: public safety, animal control, and first responders don't know how to deal with these animals. Uh, of course, they're bringing up zoonotic disease. You name it, it's going to mm-hmm. be an issue. So, when an animal control officer gets bit by a boa, well, you know they're they're starting to have a leg to stand on at this point. To be honest, I'd be a little pissed off if I was thrown in a bag and chucked in a dumpster too. So you know, come on, it's yep. And it was a boa, but whatever. I understand with the whole being unable to deal with it, but wouldn't you think that's something that they should be trained for? So exactly, and and that's something that we're offering. We've got yeah people in our group that, I mean, that's what they do. They uh, are educators. Some of them train first responders on how to deal with these animals. They train animal control. Uh, We've got Stahl's uh, exotic vet. They've offered to help with training. All volunteer. You know, we won't even bill you for this. We'll come up and for free, we'll help train your first responders and your animal control. Um, But that seems to be going in one ear and out the other. You know, you can... I think it's more about the you know if we say we can't deal with this stuff then it's easier to get this passed so yeah i I don't know if it's necessarily true that they don't know how to deal with it i think it's just easier to to say hey we don't know how to we don't know we don't have the the tools the knowledge or the facilities to handle these animals when they come in (sighs) Yeah, it does seem like that they just don't want to take the extra step or a step they don't have to take. So, yeah. Yeah, but the good thing about that is none of none of that is solid. Like when we ask for specifics, we ask for facts. Uh, it's all kind of just circling the issue. So the fact that they haven't had anything real to to throw at us, no no numbers, no serious incidents, it, it keeps everything on the table. Yeah, that's true. Of course, and the thing that boggles my mind, you know, one of the the issues is is 
the animals are being exotic animals are being neglected and abused and so forth and unfortunately that kind of stuff does happen but that happens with any species of animals i mean if if you're going to use that as your argument you're going to ban cats and dogs too right because <laughs> i know that that the animal control in arlington sees far more cases of animal abuse from cats and dogs than they do any exotics sure right and, and i've been bitten by dogs and snakes and the dog bites are 10 times worse so you <laughs> exactly <know. laughs> i'm just saying they're designed to to tear flesh from bone where yeah, you know, uh, snakes <laughs> are just, it's a defensive thing, you know, to hold on. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just some of the, the obstacles that we, we face in this. But again, you know, I encourage people, please, you know, step up. When I stepped up in 2012 with the state stuff, it was because I had animals and I wanted to be able to continue owning those animals. I had no knowledge, I mean, of what to do or anything. It was a learning experience the whole way. But I did learn a lot, and anybody can do it. If I can do it, believe me, anybody can do it. Cool. Um, So, what, David, what do you want to do at at this point just to give people some encouragement to, to write? Do we want to repost... Uh, modified version of that flyer that we had. Um, is it too far of a stretch, uh, David or Eric, that if people do write, we ask them to send us a short message letting them know they did or just put it on a on a post on the Facebook wall just so we can kind of uh, get a tally of people that we're reaching out to? Yeah, I think just, that's, yeah. Sure. that's an excellent idea. Um, I also say, hey, if you've got a really good letter, that you want to make sure that these board members have, feel free to email it to me. I'll hand deliver it either at one of these open door meetings or at the, at the hearing. Uh, just make sure if it's more than one page that you have your, uh, they ask for the contact uh, information to be on that. Uh, you don't have to put your address on there, but you know, your name, email address or phone number would be, would be great. And again, I'll, I'll be sure to, to hand deliver it to, either at the hearing or at the Monday night board meetings that they have. And uh, to the opposite side of that, if anybody's not really sure what to write or what they want to write, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm sure we can, you know, help put together something kind of generic that you can kind of suit to your own needs. Cool. So there are a lot of ways to do this. So pretty much there's no excuse, just, you know, Everybody can jump on, spend about five seconds, get this stuff done. So, so I'll I'll post that on the um, the NPR page tomorrow morning. Cool. Okay. And uh, I guess if you guys have any updates as we go through, just feel free to uh, give us us a shout, and we'll get you on and get it out there, get the word out. Keep going with this stuff. Absolutely. I appreciate what you guys are doing. You know. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know well, what I don't you, appreciate? You. What's that? All <laughs> these damn pictures of people having eggs. <laughs> that is a problem. I wanted One, to say congratulations, but I can't bring myself to it. I'm too jealous. You're uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I'll take it as such. Anyway, well, <laughs> luckily, hopefully in a year or two, 
um, it will be reversed and everybody will have their jaws on the floor for certain things. That's all I'm going to say. No, I know what that certain thing is. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I kind of, I kind of showed Eric that picture you sent me earlier this week. So, you know, was that supposed to be top secret? (laughs) No. Nobody knows what's going on, and they're fine. All right, fair enough. Well, again, like I said, guys, anything we can do to help, uh, just feel free to uh, to let us know and uh, and do whatever we can. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys very much. Yeah. All right. We'll catch we'll catch you guys later, and we'll uh, hopefully hear nothing but good news from you guys. All right. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. All right, man. See you soon. Okay, man, I didn't even realize those guys didn't even live there. Kudos I to know. them. That's pretty. Yeah, awful. they're actually like now. There's no excuse for anybody. So yeah. it's like, but I don't live there. Not today. The yeah. There you go. That's, <laughs> that, that, yeah. that's done. <laughs> that was. That's it. Next. So, next. <laughs> um, what else you got? Yeah. All right. So, are you ready to dive into? Some of the am, topics that we got tonight. What I'm do you want ready. to do first? All right. Go on. Oh, there's choices. Go ahead. Yeah, there's choices. Do you want to talk oh. about what to know before buying your carpet python? Or do we want to hit on, you know, some of the spillover from last week? Let's get the spillover out of the way, and then we'll have some fun with the other stuff. So, go okay. ahead. You want to spill? Spill. What do you um, think? No, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm good. Last good? week, I... How oh, the oh, hell listen. can we have a show if you're good? You can't say Stop good. Stop. <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm getting there if you let me talk. Anyway, um, okay. I, I I enjoyed last week's episode. I am glad we touched on a lot of stuff. I'm also glad we thought a lot of stuff record straight. I was slightly embarrassed that I was guilty of some of that stuff. So, you know, obviously now I must correct my shit. So there was that. Um, I do think it was very weird that I got so many text messages from people going like, I heard there was drama on the show. I'm like, there was? So like, you know, there's like that, like uh, it, 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 the text I got almost made it seem like you and I got into a shouting match during the show, like screaming at each other. And it ended with the like, will NPR ever come back? Stay tuned. So like it, but that's not really what happened. I think no. last week was a very good dialogue. It, it, we had a bunch of guys on who were very passionate about carp and pythons and are also very passionate about getting their fair shake by sticking to the rules. And it's totally fine. And again, I believe the discussion was opened up. I'm very happy with the discussion that was opened up. And that's as far as I want to go with it. I, I'm pretty happy with what we did last week. And I'm really, if you got a problem with it, uh, sorry, not sorry. So, <laughs> So, you know, I just feel that sometimes uh, people aren't getting what we're laying down because no. we're trying to be professional. Uh, we yes. don't want to seem as we're coming off uh, for, you know, uh, we don't want to single camp, anybody out. One camp no. or the other. I don't exactly. want to to be a witch hunt, but at the same NPR time, yeah, at the same time, you know. I think that what we taught, one of the things I posted was, is that, I mean, you know, 
me and you, I consider us, uh, you know, good friends. I, I would think that if I was doing something shady, you know, I would expect you to call me out on it, you know, and yeah. vice versa, you know, because, well, not only do we have to protect, you know, each of our own uh, personal, you know, uh, uh, ventures, but we also have to worry about the integrity of the show, you know, um, that being said, that doesn't mean that I can't have an opinion or you can't have an opinion. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think one of the, you know, one of the reasons that I asked Scott, so there was, there was a couple of people that were saying that the show was one-sided and I, I completely disagree with that, you know, because mm. I think what happens is, and this is the point of my whole post is that when you're in a certain camp, right. When somebody else is calling out something that that person is doing in this camp, you know, it immediately becomes, Oh, well, this is one-sided. I mean, the, the facts are the facts. So it, it's hard for me to swallow that pill uh, because, well, the re- one of the reasons I asked Scott to come on, um, I I can s- consider Scott a good friend. I consider uh, I have a huge amount of respect for him uh, and what he brings to the table as far as you know what he works with and and mm-hmm. his enthusiasm for uh, you know um, not keeping morphs, you know right. Um, and I can appreciate that. Um, and I wanted that non-morph perspective to come across, you know, and right. I think people are missing the boat that it's not about pure versus not pure. It's not about morph versus non-morph. No. It's, it's the topic is representing is that, your animals. Yes. Appropriately. So that's what, it's what you're about. saying is that if you're bitching about the fact that it was one sided, that we all agree on the show that you should represent your animals accurately what the hell are you trying to say? Are you saying that it's okay to misrepresent your animals? I, I don't understand the argument here. <laughs> so, well, I guess, so this is, you know, and this will tie into like, you know, when you're getting into carpet python, because let's face it, more and more people are coming into carpet pythons. That's awesome. That really is yeah, awesome. That's fantastic. You know, it's what we um, always kind of wanted, maybe. Sure. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it in a way, yes, in a yeah. way, not, you know, it's no. because, you know, I think like the Morelia community uh in general, um yeah. both carpets and chondros and uh, I think the thing was that, you know, this was sort of this little niche community that was like yeah. different than other communities out there that were more mainstream. And you know, I think I have made reference to the whole rare reptile thing, but you know, at one point, carpet Ball pythons Python could necessary could kind of be in that, you know, not everybody was working with them type of deal. Um, it's unfortunate that it took morphs in order to do that, but that's the reality mm-hmm. of the way we are in herpticulture. Um, you know, what's the flashy thing? What's what's people gonna uh, you know be drawn to and um, I mean, that's the unfortunate side of it in a way. Um, I don't, I, I look at, I love carpet pythons, you know, which mm. everybody knows. I mean, I love them in all shapes and sizes, colors, patterns, everything. They fascinate me. And I, I, I when it comes to the morph side of it, the thing that bugs me is that, you know, and, and me and Scott have had this discussion before, is that just because I like morphs doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. 
You know, it doesn't mean that I'm in this for the money or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're getting to look at a piece of evolution right in front of your eyes in a way that, you know, you can't see. Otherwise, I mean, you're actually looking at it, you know, uh, you know, clutch after clutch after clutch of, you know, uh, you know, the genetics or the selective breeding part of it or, you know, how are they, uh, you know, those patterns and colors evolving over time. And, you know, that stuff is fascinating to me just as well as, you know, the carpet Python uh, history and the carpet Python, uh, you know, uh, natural history and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's equally as fascinating to me. And I don't think Mm -hmm. that just because you're into morphs that somehow you're a bad person or, you know, that you're trying to ruin the, uh, community or something like that. Um, right. I think that, um, I think that unfortunately because of how things went down in the ball Python world, I think that that, you know, that's what people are afraid of. And honestly, some of that has happened and, yeah. you know, some people are in it for the money. They think they look and they're like, Oh, well, I'll, I'll be able to breed these together. But the thing of it is, is that those people are usually gone within a year anyway. So, What's, yeah. what's the point of getting pissed about it? I mean, right? Wrong? What do you think? Well, I think you're correct. I mean, we've always talked about the people who come in and burn themselves out. And those are the people, and that's true for any species of snake. It doesn't have to just be carpet python. There's always somebody who feels that they're going to corner the market. You know, like you guys can't see the air quotes I'm putting in the air. Um, that they're going to be the first guy to produce this. They're going to be the number one guy to do this. I had somebody who messaged me this morning who said they were going to be the first one to produce these really kick-ass corn snakes. And I'm like, they're, but the two morphs you just told me have been out for like 20 years. Like I guarantee you somebody's crossed them before. So a lot of times that kind of, um, you know, thinking is because they haven't really, they, they've gotten their toes wet. They haven't really waded into the pool yet. I mean, those are the guys who are like, Hey, I've never seen somebody cross, a jungle with a jag um, or, you know, I have a jaguar python and that's something cool. I'm going to cross it with a tiger. It's like, yeah, okay. These have all been done, but you don't know that because you haven't really figured that out yet. I mean, and those are the guys who will buy up high dollar animals from big name breeders and post them every which way and all over the place who maybe have uh, try to breed their first season and either nobody takes or, you know, not the high dollar animals take, or God forbid, one of them dies. And then they just back out because they're, they weren't prepared for what you might have to do to get into this. And those people are here and gone, here and gone. And plus the people who are thinking that they're going to make a ton of money off of breeding snakes in general, you'd have to have a facility the size of like Nick's or Todd's or somebody else's and you have to be really ahead of the game when it comes to morphs, localities, breeding and stuff like that to even start to do it that way. And if they're thinking they're just going to take them and take the entire clutch and burn them to the dealers, not going to get a really big amount of money from those guys, unless you turn out a crap ton of babies. So it's kind of very unrealistic for people if they really think about it. Um, Most of the people who say they're going to take on the world by storm just end up being small hobbyists like us or bailing out and going somewhere else. So you don't really need to sweat those people. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, so 
there was another topic and this sort of came up. Uh, Andrew Paris had put up a really well thought out, very good post today over in the uh, jungle carps, uh, Python USA or us. Um, and you know, it's a really good discussion. And I think that's what some of the new people have to understand. And I know I beat this drum till, till forever, but to me, that's what separates what the Facebook has done to the community as and as opposed to what MP was um, to the community. You know, like I said on the last show, you know, Facebook is just divided up into all these little groups. And, you know, it's like trying to keep up with, you know, trust me, I do it. I know you do it, Owen. It's impossible. You know, we're trying yeah. to do a show on Carpet Pythons each week and each week there's there's a new group, you know, it's like, I, I got added to one this week. Yeah, <laughs> say, who it, did it? It's <laughs> I just haven't had like, time to scream about it yet, but it, it's, it, and that's how it goes. There was a lot more effort and time put into making a forum and there's very little effort into making a group or a page on Facebook. So of course everybody has two, you know, and yeah, but, a lot of times they crop up because you have a disagreement with somebody who runs the one page. So, you know, we, we wouldn't allow for sale ads, and that's how a few of the other Morelia Python classified uh, sites or pages on Facebook cropped up. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, Morelia Pick of the Week, if, if, if it meant that MP was going to come back, I would shut that down tomorrow. You know what I mean? I, 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 I just, would not let you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, it's like – where's the discussion where's the content where's the where where are the that's what i miss about the community and it seems like unless it's drama filled you know i I can't say for the carpet python discussion page it comes up you know um from time to time there's there's good topics on there and you know uh those guys do a great job in 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 um in running that group but um you know I don't know. Facebook to me is just about, you know, let me post up a flashy picture and that's about it. Whereas like on MP, it was more about discussions and, and how do we make sure that we're doing the best and, you know, go to go to Andrew's uh, uh, post and, and what he was talking about was that, you know, we have been handed something and it's our responsibility to either make it better or at the very least, keep it the same. Um, Not break it. And I think back a long, 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 long time ago, years and years and years ago, when uh, me, Zach, and Dave Kelly were beating the horn about lineage and stuff. And honestly, up until that point, the only guy that I knew that did it, right, uh, was Nick. Mm. And even Nick didn't post it up, or he, when you bought a snake from him, he didn't send you like lineage or anything. No, you had he to just kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, he would tell you on the phone, but it wasn't like it was like it was part of the snake that you're buying. Um, I think that, you know, preserving that info, I, I, you look at the Chondro community, and that's sort of where the, where this discussion came up and like, okay, well, let's do something to change it. Um, you know, is it a lot of work? Yeah. I mean, would you rather just sell the snake and be done with it? Yeah. I guess that would be the easiest way to go. But, you know, 
what happens when you get out of snakes or what happens, you know, that's how some of these undocumented things happen. They pass hands and not the info parents hands, you know? And, um, I think last week, maybe people may have thought that, you know, I'm bashing jungles or whatever, and I'm not at all. I'm not at all. It's just that what I see sometimes is that the hypocrisy of some of the, uh, not even the older jungle guys, because they have it down. They know, they know, they know exactly what they're, what they're, uh, you know, breeding. And, and for the most part, the guys that I deal with and see, I think that they do a great job in making sure that if there is a question mark in that, Mm. that, you know, they're telling you, Hey, you know, this was an undocumented jungle to undocumented jungle. I think Howard is probably the one, that I think of when it comes to that. I mean, he did not, uh, he did not hesitate to tell anybody uh, about his, uh, you know, his ones he's that he picked up at White Plains. And he's like, yeah, look, you know, it is what it is. Undocumented White Plains. He made a damn line out of it. He said, these are undocumented White Plains. That's what yeah. they are. If you don't want undocumented White Plains animals, <laughs> okay. If you do, right. if you're totally cool with it being undocumented, Grab it. And he sold yeah. a ton of those babies because a lot of people didn't care because the, the animals were stunning. But, of course, I've, and I've had tables set up next to Howard. And people have asked, where do you think the parents came? He goes, been at White Plains. And like, yeah, but who do you think they came from? Been at White Plains. It's like they're, they, people try to get him to guess. And right. I almost – and I give him tons of credit for not attempting to because – all you would need is one person to say – is one time for him to say, well, they kind of look like some of my headhunter stuff. And now all of a sudden those babies are from headhunter. So right. the guy who bought it is now like, well, yeah, man, the parents are from headhunter. But no, no, it's not, that's not what he said. So Howard is very um, conscious about what to do in that situation. And, you know, uh, I give him props for that. So – and I've done the same thing too, where it's like, and I don't know where that one came from. So yeah, it happens. If the people yeah. really like the animal, they're not going to care. If the people really care about lineage, they're not even going to even look at this animal as something to add to their collection for breeding. So it's it's the it's the it's the ball. You know, do I want pure animals? Yes. Does it matter to you if there's going to be an undocumented animal in its lineage? Yes. Then you don't want this one. But it's really pretty. Then you don't care that much. So. There it goes. That's how it works. And no one's going to have a problem selling their animals. I guarantee you. No one's going to have a problem selling their animals if, if, if everyone is honest and upfront. There is somebody that wants to buy everything that's out there. You just may have to wait for a little bit for that person to come along. So Sure. Sure. And, um, you know, just to prove – I mean, just I, – I, just for my own personal collection, I mean, I have, you know, all the locality stuff of jungles, um, except for Tully's. And, you know, the thing and with that Tully. is, is yeah, I know, they're freaking sweet. Hell, me. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, part of the, part of the reason on why I, I purchased what I purchased is because I don't want this stuff to get lost. No, I don't want, I mean, if certain people just said, you know what, I'm out, I'm out, I'm selling everything and I'm calling it a day, 
my fear is is that these lines and bloodlines that that the guys before us uh, have worked so hard to uh, to get to where it's at would be just lost. I mean, we talk about species getting lost and everything, but um, you know, I don't, I don't hear. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, Um, and, and that's why, you know, it's like, Oh, I have to have a pair of these and a pair of these because I want to make sure that, you know, this stays around and, and this stays around because if nobody does it, then those things get lost. And I want somebody, you know, 15 years down the line that's just coming in the carpets to to come up and, and be able to get a pure well I shouldn't say pure but a a Palmerston locality type uh you know and or a Tully if they want or a gelatin like you know it, it blows my mind these jungle jungle people are like you know and, and this is why I go back to my point about don't bash Morse because really the the whole jungle thing is sort of the same. I mean, if you really love jungles as much as you say you were uh, love jungles, wouldn't you want to get local animals that you knew were locality jungles? But the reason that people don't give a shit is because they're not as flashy. And I understand that. But that's the same reason why people like Morphs too, because they're flashy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's the whole yeah. point of that. It's not to bash one group or the other. It's just to show a little understanding from where that group is coming from. It's not necessarily about the money, you know, because I don't think the jungle right. people out there are about the money. They're about, you know, I want to make the nicest example of, of jungle carpet that I can. I want this black to be solid black. I want this yellow to be screaming yellow. Some people like gold yellow. Some people like, you know, tipped out jungles. Some people like striped jungles. Some, you know, there's so many different things to do with jungles. Just that subspecies alone that people could be working on them for years and years. And some guys do. And the guys that are, you know, guys and girls that are working on them, They've really focused all their efforts and, and zeroed in, and they produce stellar animals year after year after year. And, you know, the idea that we have some info right now of what's going on with, with these animals and what led it to where it is now, why, why not preserve that? Why not have it, you know, represented on what it is? Yeah, it's, it's not a past that somehow this is a pure snake. And, you know, it's what you would find in the wild. And, you know, I, I, I've said this before and everybody knows my comment. It's just a fucking snake in a box. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's all it is. It's just a snake in a box. Um, I think people have sort of accepted the fact now that, you know, it doesn't necessarily, it isn't all about pure, 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 because, you know, that argument can go back and, and, and forth all the time. Um, but uh, I don't know. So that that's kind of my my thoughts when it comes to the jungles and and uh, you know that whole thing. I, jungles are the most popular carpet, I would say. Would you agree? They are. Would you think? I yeah, would agree. I, mean, I would agree. But it's like I would like to see. I, I know a lot of people who are chasing jungle projects of just making the brightest yellow and the deepest black and making really cool jungles, and that's totally fine. I like. I love those projects. I support those projects. I even have those projects. But I almost want to see the, step, the next step of being like, I'm trying to improve the Shuett line, or I'm trying to improve, you know, 
all that other stuff. Just just trying to make the best out of this line of animals, not hold the phone. I don't up. think you can improve the Shuet line at all, but that's I, a side point. Well, you know. <laughs> How do you know? I don't know. I'm just busting balls. Exactly. So yeah. But it's like that. Like there, there would like to see some more projects. It almost seems like everybody's taking a something lion animal to a zebra or to a jag or to this other really bright jungle that's of a completely different line. And it's like that. You're right. Those babies are gonna be freaking killer. But it's like I would like to see some just stay pure. Like you know, a shoot zebra to maybe a shoot zebra. Just kind of move it down that way. So everything's still pure shoot. Uh, it just kind of muddy the waters a little bit. But you know, I know those projects are out there and more power to them. It's, I mean, kind of what you said about the whole losing uh, different bloodlines. It can happen so fast. It's just like a lot of times there's like a linchpin animal. And if that one goes, then we can't keep track of anything else. It's like that one guy who was keeping the line pure and had a pair of these animals and he kept breeding them. He never held any back. Those two animals died. Now we're screwed. So yeah. now you got to try to track down babies, which is difficult. So sure, yeah, yeah, because then you have the people that are sort of. Uh, I just ran, I ran into this when um, I was talking to Rob, and he knows a guy that's out by where he is, and you know he yeah. breeds carpets, but he's not on Facebook, he's not on Pick of the Week, he's not in Jungle Carpet US, he's not in any of these groups uh, that you would know him. Uh, so, but he has animals that are you know, that he can trace way, 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 way back, you know, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, huh, that's, uh, that's kind of interesting. So, I mean, the whole, you know, when it comes to, you know, this is my other feeling is that there's too many damn followers when it comes to just herp the culture in general. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is that when I was first getting in the carpets, Although I appreciated and I love the way that jungle carpets look, and I cannot deny that if you're across, uh, you know, if you're walking down at Tinley Park or whatever reptile show you're at and you have some stellar jungle, you know, you have a headhunter jungle sitting there on the table, um, you know. People are going to see that from across the You're going to stop and say, holy shit, what is that? Because that contrast is, is hard to beat. But here's the thing. There's so many other subspecies to work with. When it comes to carpet pythons, don't just follow what other people are doing. That's what led me to IJs. Not because, you know, I do like the way they look, but God, man, there is so much refinement that can happen there. There's so many, uh, you know, colors that you could, you know, work into it. There's so many directions because whereas with jungles, you have two colors, you know, IJs, they have three, four colors that you can you mm. can play with and selective breed for and and but nobody cares. Nobody wants to put the I shouldn't say nobody, but it seems like you know and, and what what surprises me with that is is that this is the one carpet python that you can get in as a wild caught or captive hatch that you know is a pure carpet python. There's no mistaking right. it because you got it from the wild and it's not illegal. It, you know, it's not like, you know, somebody's going to come and say, uh, hunt you down. So somehow that information has to be hidden because, you know, that's part of the problem with, with, you know, tracing things back to actually say that an animal is pure because, 
you know, I think one of the points that was brought up is, you know, Lemke Coastals, Coastals uh, you know, tracing that all the way back, but he's dead. So how, <laughs> how do you verify that you can't? It's done. <laughs> Which is even more important on why this stuff should be documented. Uh. And, uh, you know what I mean? Um, and then you have other people that because of some unscrupulous activity that happened or whatever, they don't want to tell you the truth of the matter. And, and that's understandable. So then you always have this gray area or this question mark. Well, what is this? <laughs> if I ever have some kind of like terminal disease, I'm going to import a bunch of shit and then just like sell it off and be like, there are bloodlines everywhere. Figure it out. And then die. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, great. <laughs> and watch everyone be like, what? So, you know, it's, <laughs> I will illegally import shit from like Australia and be like, oh, and Pelly's are somewhere in the United States and then just die. So, oh. you know. <laughs> what a nice guy you are. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my, my thought with that. It's, it's nothing to do with saying that this group is not or, you know, whatever. I'm just saying oh. that, you, I mean, man, there has to be a little more understanding, I guess, in in the community. And, you know, eh. everybody's what? got their thinking. And unfortunately, sure. everybody's got their friend in the community who they who either has given them a good deal. And basically nobody wants to feel like they got had. So everybody's got Hell their no. person and everybody's got their cool guy. Hey man, he hooked me up. He told me this and he can't be lying to me. And you know, that's totally fine. And you know what? 99.9% of the time you are exactly correct. He's not, but, and, and like-minded people are going to become friends and they're going to hang out and they're going to figure stuff out together. So, but there doesn't need to be such huge back and forth and fighting amongst that. I don't care. And there is room in your snake room for as many projects as you want or can fit in there. So if you're in the jungles and you're doing morph projects and stuff like that, maybe try a locality project. Who knows? You might freaking dig it. And if you're into jungles and you like the pureness of it, maybe give a shot to picking up some, you know, wild, uh, some captive hatched IJs. Cause then that's pure. That is like the purest of pure dabble in that you know don't nobody not everything needs to be microscopically focused on this thing you have a lot more fun in this reptile community if you branch out look at new things look at other things look at even other species you know i had just carbon pythons before we started this whole rigmarole and now i am more excited about my non-carpet python projects than i am about my carbon python projects Blasphemy! I said it. I said it. <laughs> I said it. Listen, I, listen. If I get the if I get the super caramel uh, and the exanic to breed, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be happy. If I get olive python eggs, I'm gonna be goddamn ecstatic. If I get white lip eggs, you're gonna have to peel me off the ceiling. So uh-huh. you know, that's just how. No, no one likes the Dominican red mountain boas. You are right, Riley. There is no love for those creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I um, work with those anyway? So, so, <laughs> so I don't know if so. Just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, and this goes back to um, uh, Andrew's post, and I think I think my thought would be this. Mm. And when I say this, I'm not calling somebody out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 
bashing anybody or saying, you know, that this guy's evil or whatever, but, you know, you take the German line jungles. On the ad, it says pure jungles, right? Okay. Yeah. In the ad of the post, it's saying that they're trying to figure out the lineage. So what the guys are arguing about is that you shouldn't put that word pure in there. It shouldn't be in there. It should not Until be you figured in there it out. Because yeah. you are it's it's the same thing that I said with the Citrus Tigers. So so yes. just so everybody knows that I'm not saying this one or that one, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to start a war or anything, but I I, I can't not say what I see in front of me, right? Which, do you agree or not agree, Owen? I, I, right? I agree. If you if you're gonna say it, be ready to back it up. Correct. And that's true on all things. If you're Correct. going to say it, if, if you're gonna be in the reptile community, and you're going to say something. Be prepared to back it up. It's like how if I had baby white lips here and I said, "Hey, they're captive, born and bred." The first response I will get from everybody is, "Hey, do you have pics of the parents? Do you have?" you know, proof. And, I'm, and I would have to show mom on eggs. I'd have to show, you know, babies hatching, shit like that. You know, you, you should be prepared to back up any claim that you're willing to make and public. Fair and simple. Yeah. And, and this is the, the, the point about, you know, chondros are this, are, are this way, right? The biggest yeah. issue that comes up with people with chondros and the misrepresenting of chondros is saying that an animal is captive born and bred farm hatched when clearly it is wild caught caught. Right. Those guys will call those people out as quick as you can say, but us carpet Python people, we're wimpy about it. We talk about yeah. it. We talk a good game. Oh, we're going to police our community. We're going to this, we're going to that, you know, and I'm not saying that you should blast anybody, whether it be me, whether it be uh, Nick, whether it be, uh, you know, Star, whoever. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't make a difference. Send him a message. Say, yo, man, uh, what's you the can, deal here? You can do it, you can <clears throat> do it private, privately. You can be like, hey. And respectfully. Uh, it's not about exactly. fighting with each other. It's no about in preserving our community and what the guys before us have worked so hard for. So yeah. I would never, ever say in an ad, and this is what sort of what Scott was talking about last week, was that something is pure when you don't know if it is or not. And I go it's, back to Howard, who has, yeah. Howard is saying his freaking jungles are beautiful. They he are. He isn't putting on that table, and he isn't putting pure, although <clears throat> the new carpet python person that's coming in would look at and they would say, oh, shit, this is pure. That's what How I want. Howard could have easily said pure jungles because he bred two adults that both look pure jungle, trophy lined animals, like really good looking animals. He could have easily said pure and no one would have batted an eyelash until you got to somebody who was serious and wanted lineage information. So right. <clears throat> it's the responsibility of it. You know, even in the real world, my real world job, you know, I cannot tell you, that what I'm selling you is this when it isn't, or I can't try to bring you in under some false pretense or say, Hey, yeah, we'll give you this price when we figure it out. It's like, that's not, 
people will get upset with that. If you don't understand that, like, I don't understand how you could not. So if you can't back up any claim you've made publicly, don't make it. Just, just don't, just don't say it. And if you're trying to work out details, be upfront with it. Say, Hey, we're pretty sure these are pure, but we're still working on it. And then price the animals accordingly. And you will get sales. People will be willing to take that risk with you. But you shouldn't put in your ad pure. No, 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 no. So now that now, just so everybody understands and nobody thinks that I'm bashing one guy or the other, I'm going to talk about myself like I did last week on the show with the Citrus Tigers is the perfect example. I debated. I've talked to you about this, Owen. I've talked to other carpet people about this. I do not believe that the citrus is some kind of special gene. I believe that I call it a citrus because I don't want to just label it tiger, right? And people buy it and think it's a pure tiger. Because I don't know if it is or it's not. I don't know that. I will give you – you can look on my website. All the information is there. You know, I have lost sales because of that. Mm -hmm. And if somebody comes along to me and says to me, hey, I really like the way these look. Yeah, they're really awesome snakes. But – uh, here's the story with them. I tell somebody the story. They're like, oh, I really wanted a pure coastal. Okay. Owen, Balin, Howard, you know, all these guys Go have pure tigers. Guys. So if yeah. you want a pure tiger, I don't have any now. I do have pure tigers in my collection. And one day I will have bred, uh, you know, pure tigers. Pure tigers. Yeah. But right now I don't have that. So if you want that, this is where you go. This is who you go. Yeah. And that's what exactly we should be correct. doing. You're exactly correct. I mean, I have the same thing with the high contrast Queenslands. I never, you know, in the beginning, I was told that they were pure coastal and I went with that. And then as things dug up, I still talked to Nick. I talked to a few other people. And you find out that they, they, there was no proof of that they were pure coastal. None whatsoever. So I altered it. And I do call everything from the line HCQ. And people go, what's that? Uh, it means that they're not pure. It means that they can't tell me what it is. They believe it's a coastal jungle mix. And I've had people jump at them because of their nice color. And I've had people snatch them up because they like them. And I've had people say, yeah, and walk away. It happens. And the turnaround, sure. I've also had people who buy them and don't understand it and then try to sell it as a jungle carpet. So <laughs> it, it is a double-edged sword. But right. I've accurately represented the animals to the best of my abilities. I've told every single person what those three little wet letters in front of their name mean. And what it means is this. And I find it as an easy way to explain it is just to have something labeled. If you like with Howard, when he named his undocumented white plains jungles, he did that mm-hmm. so that he could easily describe what the hell's up with these things. Because now you see jungle carpet, but it has uh UW, like, you know, it has like those little the letters for undocumented uh, white planes. I think it was like, I don't remember. But this way they see that and they go, what do those letters mean? He says, undocumented white planes jungles. That's how it works. If you want right. them, buy them. If you don't, cool. So yeah. you, can't, you can't go out there and make false claims because when you do and something isn't ad- as advertised, it can come back to bite you and it can come back to bite you hard. 
especially right. with animals that are expensive. I mean, if you label something as pure and then later it comes out that you didn't know what you were talking about or that you could have even lied, it, it's going to yeah. come back to bite you in the ass. So it, there's yeah, yeah. no, it's a, it's a huge risk. It's like, it's like covering up mites in your collection. Yeah, you might skate away with it for a little bit, but eventually somebody's going to get there and they're going to call you out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just and and I don't think that it should be a witch hunt. I don't think that you no. know if cl- clearly if somebody continues to you know uh, do shady stuff, whether it is you know uh, with taking care of the animals or you know misrepresenting something or whatever the case would be. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't think it should be like, you know, let's get the pitchforks out and, uh, you know, no, the, no, no, no. take them out to the stake and, you know, because we're, well, we'll save that at carpet fest. We'd usually do one burning <laughs> at carpet fest. Yes. What? Well, yeah. Buddy I, this year. Other buddy. Other buddy. Anyway, but, oh shit. Other buddy. But it, <laughs> but it's the thing is, is that, it, it, like I said, there are ways to go about this where you can be respectful, you can get the information, you can say, hey, dude, you know, what's going on with the animals? And if they throw it all out there and it's not to your satisfaction, you'd be like, yeah, but your ad says this. And, you know, it's almost like certain people will put your mind at ease, certain people will be up front, and certain people will give themselves enough rope to hang themselves. And that's, you know, you're never going to stop those people from doing that. So, you can say, hey, man, you said that these things were pure, you know, you got lineage and all that other stuff. And they go, nah, I picked them up at one at Habiter Grace and I got the other at Hamburg. And it'd be like, well, um, all right then. So it's that asking questions and being up front is kind of how you get yourself out of trouble. And if someone is constantly doing it, yeah, I think after a certain amount of time, you can totally call them out on it publicly but there's a way to do that and not be a dick about it so because that's the last thing you want to be is try to trying to correct the situation by throwing gasoline at it and then nothing will get corrected ever all of us are just going to scream at each other and we're all going to go to our perspective corners and pout so sure nothing will get fixed yeah we don't come together for the better of the species uh no. we just fight with each other um you know, uh, another another um, thing that I that I put in my post that when I was talking about was, um, you know, I I do I don't know if you what you think Owen, but selective breeding for me is something that I'm super passionate about. Mm-hmm. And when I see guys like you know the two guys that immediately pop into my head are Keith McPeak and Matt Minatola, not yes. carpet guys, they're blood guys. No. You know, well no, um, Keith is a Bullens guy now. Yeah, he's a Bones guy now, but <laughs> these guys have worked years on yes. defining and meticulously picking out animals for their uh, projects, and the results show it. They and do. the difference between selective breeding and morph breeding is, is that, unfortunately, morph breeding has become, I pick gene A, I put with gene B, and I make a B snake, and then I repeat it. Um, well, yeah, and the problem is we've talked about that before, where 
if you're going to be serious about a morph, it, it, no, like any old zebra will not do. You, you shouldn't lower yourself to those standards. You should be picky. You should pick out a really nice zebra, and then you should breed that zebra to, to a really nice jungle, whether that jungle be a zebra, a jag, whatever the hell you want it to, but it should be really nice. You should take pride in your projects, not just trying to throw things together to get the babies. Because, to be honest, a stellar-looking animal it, it, it is worth five ugly ones. So, you know, that's just how it works out, where if you take the time and produce a clutch of awesome-looking animals, it's going to be way better for yourself and way better for everybody in the long run. So, like I said, take pride in your projects and build them up the correct way. It's okay to say, no, that's not the zebra. That's not the jag I was looking for. That's not the caramel I was looking for. And then you're going to find it, and you're going to be very happy with that animal. You know, I have an ugliest in zebra right now. I keep trying to build up the females around him because he's ugliest in, which means I have to take the females to a even higher level to kind of compensate. And I'm pretty sure once he breeds, I'm going to get half the clutch is just going to be not that great looking. Where if he was a stellar looking animal crossed with another stellar looking animal, I'd be excited about every single egg. So, yeah, I mean, so when I when I think of guys like okay, so another in the carpet python world, the guy that comes to mind to me is Andrew Paris, and the reason is is because I admire his uh, restraint when it comes mm-hmm. to not pulling the trigger on an animal that is subpar, and and, right. and that's not to be elite or anything like that. That just means that he is super super passionate about making yeah. sure that this animal is as perfect as it can be. And I myself am not like that. And I, and I admire that. And I wish I could be like that. I mean, yes, I I do try to pick out the nicest animals that I can, but when I want to get into a project, you know, I'm looking at it and this is my other train of thought that herpticulture has lost its vision. It has lost Mm -hmm. its, you know, looking into the future and saying, you know, how can I make this better? So sometimes with morphs, you know, and this is where the selective breeding can branch over into the morph world. Sometimes with morphs, like I think of think of the zebras that came in back in what was it, two thousand and no, oh, they were horrible. Ten, two thousand eleven, they were horrible like looking. They were ugly. <laughs> they had to take them. They had to take. People had to buy them, and then send them out on breeding loans to the big name jungle breeders so they could cross this ugliest sin thing was something that was really good looking in order to get the first round of decent looking zebras. But dude, remember at Carpet Fest, Balin's first clutch of, of yes, zebras I, that he did with, with mine, Chris. That's where mine came from. They're freaking incredible. You know what I yes. mean? Just that no, little bit that of vision. Clutch, but that clutch was split. It was, you had freaking stellar animals. And on the same hand, you had not so stellar animals, but that's expected in the first breeding. But because they did that joint breeding and they put Brinkley to that zebra. They got Holy the shit. next step, which is the stellar looking zebras, which those zebras from that first clutch have now produced a ton of extremely good looking animals. So yes, that was the next step. Yes. Get the good looking one and then cross into another good looking one. 
Yeah, so you can sort of do do uh, that as well. I mean, you can apply those same thoughts and ideas into your, you know, whatever the project is. Yeah. You know, it doesn't um, matter what it is. Michael um, Pennell comes to mind with his coastals. Holy shit. It, when I, yeah, when I got into it, he had the best-looking coastals out of anybody else, and they were just normal freaking coastals. There was no jag. There was no tiger. There was no nothing. They were some of the colors on my – Pennell Coastals, I, oh, God, I wish I had those back. I guarantee you when people come here to Carpet Fest, I guarantee it that people are going to be walking away with a whole new appreciation for coastal carpets. I want you You to rip the label off of all your Pennell Coastals and open the drawers and see what the hell they say. Yeah, the one, they're just going to be, I, I, you cannot help but look at these animals and say, no. even if you don't like coastals, you cannot look at that animal and say that that is not a nice animal. Can you I mean, breed them? God damn it. I tried. <laughs> I know. Do it again. I got slugs. <laughs> I know, you know, but it's like they're, they're right there, and it's, yeah. you're not doing anything with them. If you're not I will next season. I, want. I took this year off. <laughs> Give me a break, damn it. No. <laughs> um. Uh, we're gonna get more text messages about fighting again on air. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then uh, uh, the other the other thing with coastals for me, you know, coastals and IJs were kind of those things that kind of drew me in, and I was like, yeah, I'm digging this. I can refine this. This this these can look as stellar as jungles. Nobody cares. I'm gonna make them care. I don't even care if they do care. I don't give a <laughs> shit. It doesn't matter. I care about it. It's for me. It's not for them. It's for me. What did Nick say? I'm like, I'm going to breed my water pythons. Like, Great. I'll be one of the four people that will care. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm I, like, it's I bad because it's true. <laughs> there is, uh, the, you know, when it comes to coastals, you've got localities in there too. And nobody gives a shit. I mean, Rockhampton, Brisbane. Brisbane uh, Dude, Brisbane <laughs> coastals are the best coastals ever. <laughs> Why they don't I have those? <laughs> fucking amazing. I cannot believe that if somebody keeps coastal carpet pythons, that they do not have a Brisbane coast. I'm working. I'm working on it. I'm working Holy on it. Okay. Shit. I'm working on it. Phenomenal. I it got my unbelievable. Ruffies. I'm I got my ruffies and I'm good now on that front. I will now move further into the coastal pairings. Jesus. Um, the other one that people don't don't really care is Port Douglas, dude. Yes. They look like. Uh, like black and white, gray yeah. type of jungle. That's what they yeah. look like. Um, but they get you know, coastal big. Yeah, they're beautiful, man. They're freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, I think you know, I think I'm gonna have to break down, call that horrible drug dealer we all know that lives in Washington, and be like, I need a pair of all the coastal <laughs> um, localities, and he yeah. will be so gleefully to pack that box for me. I know he will. So. Um, you know, I see some of our, you know, and it's crazy because I see people, at least this is my reaction when I see mm-hmm. guys like Scott and, um, you know, uh, from Australia and whatnot, and he's showing us uh, the coastal that's on his back, uh, backyard fence, yeah. and, you know, it's just a wild coastal and you're like, what the holy hell? That is a freaking phenomenal snake. But yeah. I bet you, if you put that over here at a reptile show, Nobody will give a shit. Here's the other thing. And I think think this is partially us 
meaning the breeder's fault. Yeah. I, I'm going to speak for myself, and I don't really see a whole lot of this at, at shows, but I, I swore that next year at Tinley, I am bringing adults to show. And the yep. reason is, is because it is so hard to get people excited about this little gray snake, <laughs> whether it's a jungle, jungle a coastal, or something a right. rattle, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, well, all I, those... And we've, we've talked about that, and I would love to bring adults, and I would love to bring an adult have a whole freaking table of adult displays. It'd be freaking great, you know, but then it's like having everything right there would be awesome. But then we have to buy a third table. So be it, whatever it takes. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is, is that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just something that if you want to grow this community, I think you that if you want them to uh, understand what's going on, those are the kind of things that, that have to be done. Um, and it's not easy, you know, I get it. You know, I don't want to be yeah. lugging around my adults and my prized <laughs> animals and stuff. In October. Shows, you know, yeah. but I think, I think that, that, that's the way to go when it comes to that, you know, and Keith was the yeah. one that sort of told me that, and that's what he did. And, uh, you know, just by looking at how, how, how he's respected in the, in the short tail community, you know, just kind of like, you know, I, I don't know. I, will I think it's a great bring idea. Adults. It is. And I will always bring adults to a show if I can. It just depends on a lot of time. It's timing where, you know, it's close to breeding season or I can't bring this animal. What I will also do is I won't bring an animal that I don't have representation of on my table because that happened a few times where I brought an animal and they're like, do you have these? And I go, no, but you know, then, then they would leave. So I, I kind of, that's a loose rule. I will kind of break that every once in a while, but um, I do definitely see more of a draw when you bring the adults. I also see more of a draw when you bring the adults and you don't keep them in the displays. People want to handle it. People want to touch it. People want to talk to you about it. There was the one Tinley I brought my bread lie and I brought her because I had a bunch of her babies on the table and I pulled her, we couldn't put her on the table. So I had her in a bin but I kept pulling her out, just letting her cruise. And we got a ton of attention from people who wanted to see her, check her out. And I, and I think I left with like one baby. Uh, they, all the other ones were gone. So it's just how it goes. If you can bring adult animals, it's also good to kind of show people what they're getting into. You know, they, some people have never even seen what a adult coastal carpet python looks like. Now they have, now they know exactly how big you could get, what they're looking at. So, yeah, well, a lot of those misconceptions about the size or the temperament or anything, all those could be put to rest by oh, simply yeah. having uh, an adult there that somebody could could pick up and touch. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I know that uh, it's easier said than done, and I myself am guilty of not doing it. And I know that, um, you know, the reasons why, but I think going forward, that's going to be something that I personally change yeah. in, in what well, I do. Because again, you, oh, go ahead. If you've ever been to White Plains, Mike Curtin's table, he brings like Jigsaw or right. Scattershot. Sure. And I mean, he's actually brought, he's actually brought pairs close to breeding season and they've locked up at the show and he's like, well, all right then. So it's <laughs> like, but now, if you're walking through White Plains and you see Jigsaw all lit up, you know, holy freaking crap, you're going to come over. 
And you look at him, that bright yellow thing that he is, and then you look at the babies, they're, they're kind of like on the whitish gray side because they haven't got their yellow yet. Maybe some are getting a little bit in there, but now you have interest and appeal because you go, hey, that's their dad, and these are the babies, and hey, these guys down here are actually the siblings from last year, so you can see how the color is going to progress. You use the adults to also kind of hammer the point home that you know what you're doing, and you can, the people can trust what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> and I guess in a way, this all t- c- kind of ties in that, like, if you're if you're if you're going to go and buy a carpet python, the first thing that I would suggest, more than than anything else, is just do your research. Homework. Yeah. Do the homework. Um, there is. You know, today it is inexcusable that you don't do research <laughs> because there are so many ways that you can research these animals and get a feel for what's going on out there. Where do you research? Well, I don't know. Maybe you can start by listening to some of the backlog of NPR. Well, we've had a podcast. Every, yeah. There's a goddamn had, book. <laughs> <laughs> we've. <laughs> We've had every guest on that, you know, uh, everybody that anybody <laughs> that is into carpets or any of these breeders. And there's still some that we're tracking down and trying to get on. But for the most I'm part, down. Yeah. the big names that, you know, you guys here are thrown around have all been on the show. You can listen to it. You get a feel for how they are as a person. Maybe you like them. Maybe you don't. Who knows? Who cares? But at least you're starting to understand who's who in, in, in the world. There's a book. Go buy the book. <laughs> There's actually two different books. Go buy both books. Buy all buy the books. One of them. But just buy the damn book. And when you buy the book, read the book. I thank you. Know? I love it when people are like, I bought the book. Will you mentor me? No. <laughs> read the book. <laughs> you know? uh, I, I'm like, dude. We I do every answer. Tuesday at 9 p.m. We mentor thank you every you. Tuesday at 9 every p.m. Every Tuesday. I am not. What do you want? Private sessions? Get out of here. <laughs> oh, and we'll start charging for those sessions. I damn right um, I will. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Besides that, there's 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 so much info out there. You know, and you know the other part is come to Carpet Fest. You have no yes. excuse. There's one on each side of the U.S. There's well, one in the South. Midwest but, is kind of, or the the middle of the country is letting us down. So. No, we got Tinley Park. Come out to Tinley oh, Park. Right. That's close well, enough to a carpet impromptu fest. Impromptu carpet fest. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, well, let's that. face it. I mean, it's basically a small version of the carpet fest, and we, we're all we there do, hanging out. We were we were outside drinking, and I kept getting yelled at because they're like, why are you outside? I'm like, my hobbit's outside. I have to, <laughs> <laughs> I have to go over there. So it, <clears throat> but it's, you can do carpet fest. You got the books. You got the podcast. You don't have just our podcast. There are other podcasts out there. You you have all the old back articles. You have all the old forum stuff if you want to look at it. There's so much research out there. There's so much information out there. And, and that's like step one. You, you shouldn't buy a carpet python until you've at least somewhat put you know your toe in the water to try to learn about how to keep these animals successfully. You shouldn't even think about breeding the animals until you've gotten to that far. So, you know, it, it just that's how you should really set the pace of it. And the next thing is ask questions. 
Yes. What is your project? What what was the thing that drew you to carpet pythons? Was it a jungle jag? If it was, that's fantastic. Hunt down your jungle jags. Don't settle. Don't go to a show and be like, well, this guy over here who has not a single carpet python on his table has what is presumed a jungle jag in a bin with a boa constrictor and a ball python. I'm going to buy that. Well, you're selling yourself short of what you really wanted. And that's, and that's sad. I mean, don't save your money, you know, do some extra work. Yeah. I, I don't know Would it start a jar, get what you want and do it that way and ask the questions. If you want jungle jags, go on the thing and try, start, go on Facebook, go on any kind of online and start poking around to see who has the jungle jags. You're going to get led to places like Headhunter to, you know, Andrew Paris, a bunch of people who are going to lead you down those paths to get you to those people. And you can make a decision from there. And then you know who you're getting it from, what you're getting it from, and how you're going to get it. And that's, and you know what you're getting. There's no false advertisement. There's no, there's no doubts. So do the due diligence and spend your money where you should spend it wisely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, why I have why I buy from the people that I buy from is because back when I was first getting into carpets in 2008, you know, when I was researching it and just getting for a feel of it, you mm-hmm. know, honestly, uh, you know, it depended on what I was looking for. Um, right. It really did. Um, I have I've bought from guys that don't like other breeders. I have bought from, you know, and I don't care about that. What I care yeah. about is getting the best snake that I can get. And can I, you know, when you're buying from a breeder, it all comes down to trust. That's really what it comes down to. Do you trust it the does. person that you're buying from? You know, at the end of the day, they can tell you anything. They can make up any lineage chart that they want. They can put whatever they want on it. How would you verify it? I mean, I guess you could ask <laughs> questions around, but at the end of the day, how are you going to tell whether they're telling you the truth or not? You got to trust them. If you're buying a certain gene, uh, you know, I had this argument a long time ago when the caramel debate came up. You know, at the end of the day, the reason that I bought from Paul Harris is because I like Paul Harris. I like what he does. I like what he represents. That doesn't mean right. that I don't like the other guys. At the time, there was two that you could pick from. There was Paul and there was Ollie. Well, I heard a lot of shady shit about some of the stuff that Ollie was doing. I never dealt with him. I don't know. So I don't know whether he is or is not, but that sort of like steered me away from that. And Paul was what I was uh, wanted to have in my collection. You know, I really liked the guy. Uh, I talked to him, you know, multiple times. He's very upfront. He's very straight. He's, he's not, he's not bullshitting me around. Um, You know, and it wasn't easy, you know, to just like out of the blue, you know, you know, contact this guy and say, Hey, you know, this is what I want to do. Luckily, you know, that's how I, I got to know Nick. You know what I mean? And, right. you know, me and Nick are another example. I mean, we couldn't be more opposite in their collections. I mean, right. I have pure stuff. I do. And I work with pure stuff. And I love that kind of, you know, well, I should say, quote, unquote, pure, whatever. But um, I also have more projects. Too. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, Nick doesn't do that at all. But somehow, somehow we get along. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be about you guys do the same thing in order to uh, respect what the other person is doing. I respect what they're doing. 
I think that sometimes some of the older guys can be a little closed minded when it comes to certain things because new people coming in, they don't want to listen to new people. Um, you know, but that at the same time, you need facts and you need proof of what you're coming on and saying. You can't just say, well, you know, uh, I don't can't even think of an example when it comes to carpet pythons, but you know, oh, you can, uh, Diamond well, pythons even, probably come to mind. You you know you don't have to cool them. Yeah, you do have to cool them. You drop them down well, to fifty. Even no, you, you don't have to drop them down to fifty. Well, I mean, if you want to go with diamond pythons, if I say that this thing's got stardust in its line, I better be able to prove it. Right. You know, yeah, and that's I, and that's just common sense. If put like you know, put up or shut up. You know, either you can prove what you're saying is completely true, or you can't. And I see it a shit ton with white lips everybody's got a proven white lip python. Everybody. There should be an inflow but there's no of babies. captive-born and bred <laughs> babies. That, like, I should be drowning in captive-born and bred babies. Everybody's trying to sell me a proven something or other white lip. Most of the time, they're boys. And they're like, it's a proven male. I'm like, okay. Do you have pictures of the clutch? No. So you're telling me in this day and age, when your white lip python was sitting on eggs, you didn't have a camera near you. Bullshit. Yeah, that's <laughs> Bullshit. that's kind of strange. Since it's probably I will in run to get my good phone. camera. Yeah, thanks. Shut <laughs> you know what off. I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and that's just where it is. And yet, uh, Sean Jacobs bred his gold face white lips, and I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome. And he immediately goes, Hey, I got eggs for my gold face white lip. I'm like, Really? And then he shows me pictures of them copulating. He shows me pictures of the like a video of the eggs being laid a picture of him pulling the eggs from her. I'm like, all right then. So I guess I, I know for a fact you're not lying. So right. it's, that's just where it goes. If you're going to be able, if you're going to want to got to understand that there's, there's going to be some people out there a little skeptical about, about what you say. And if you're not prepared for that, what are you doing here? You know, you got to be able to back up what you're claiming. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, yeah. um, you know, it, like I said, at the end of the day, it comes down to do you trust the guy that you're buying from? And hopefully you develop a relationship that, you know, uh, you become friends out of the deal. And that's yeah. one of the advantages of, you know, buying from a breeder that as opposed to, you know, just buying from random guy, some yeah. random guy or whatever. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And who knows? Maybe sometimes those random guys, you know, maybe they just have a pair of carpets and they're beautiful. I, I know there are some people out there that, you know, they keep a pair or two of, of whatever and they breed them and they produce stellar animals. I'm not discounting them either, but, you know, you, you just need to know what, what you're getting. You know, ask questions. It, ask yeah. to see pictures of the parents. Ask, it, ask it, if it, it all goes lineage. down to that. Yeah, it yeah. all goes down to that. If it, it, It's almost like you have no excuse. If what you want, if this is what you want, and this is an important animal to your projects, and you want this animal and you want something specific, and you run out and buy the first thing you see, and then it turns out to be not as advertised, what the hell are you doing? It's like car shopping. It's like, I really want this. And if you run out to the first mom and pop dealership and I'm like, I'll take that. And I'm like, you just point what are you doing? You did like, you did all this research and you really wanted this, but then you came out and got that. It's like, you, you gotta, there's really no excuse. It's, if it's this important to you, you will do the due diligence. You will do, 
do the research, you will talk to the guys, and then you will make the decision. And if it's not that important to you, why are you bitching? So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a couple in a couple weeks, we're going to do a Condro show roundtable yeah. that I think will, you know, I think I I think if everything lines up correctly, I think that this will be one of those shows that people really stop and think, you know, is my hope. Oh man, um, and give you guys so many thinking shows. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like thinking outside of the box of what we've, you know, I'm so tired of people just accepting that, you know, oh, well, I had slugs. Okay, well, it must be just because, you know, and, and, and nobody wants to figure out, well, why did this happen? You know, the old school guys, you know, back when this was first starting, that's all they had to work with. You know, they had to figure it out. They couldn't just say, oh, well, Slugs was this important. Is what you know, it's just what it is. It's Slugs was a major victory. <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, God forbid you bring up the topic of UV lighting. I mean, then people are just like, oh, that's just bullshit. You know, blah, 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 blah. You know, and uh, is it important? I don't know whether it's important or not, but I do know that uh, it's kind of important when they're out in the wild, right? I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, the sun is kind of like uh, something that uh, the sun is reptiles. not that important. All right, you know. <laughs> oh, I was wrong all these times. Yeah, you've been wrong. You know, uh, and, I, and I and I agree with you. Um, I will not track moon cycles with you, but you know, <laughs> I'm not I agree that there that. are. Well, there 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 are missing puzzle pieces to a lot of puzzles, and it's uh, and I, and I see it a lot with the other species that I work with that are other than carpet pythons. Why didn't sure. the owls breed? Th- why didn't the owls breed this year? Well, because apparently the male needs competition. All right, so I got the male. I got the extra male. If they don't breed this year, okay. Well, I got them too late. But if they don't breed next year, I'm like, all right. Now, what the fuck is your problem now? So it's like you got to keep pacing. You got to keep thinking it. The white lips didn't breed. All right. So next year they're going to winter in a really big cage with a huge water bin, and we're going to make sure it's nice and kind of humid in there for them. Okay, cool. Try to see if that works for them. So right. it's just various things. Um, why didn't the IJs breed? Because they're the spawns of Satan, and they will <laughs> never ever breed again. Nor should they. You know right. what will we do with that? We're going to send the one to Jason Palin, and we're going to ignore <laughs> the other one. So it's like you got to, yeah, you got to be willing to be problem solvers. And this—that's where Herp the culture started. You know, they got a bunch of shit, and they were like. Well, we're going to try to breed it in this box, so that didn't work. We're going to try to do something else, so that didn't work. You know, it's it's how they build it up. And, of course, now technology and, you know, caging has improved and, you know, this, that, and the other things improved. The food has improved. The longevity of the animals have improved. But there are probably certain things that these animals could need to push them even further to get more um, viable eggs to make the animal last beyond – uh, 15 or whatever the average is for the species in captivity. Push it to where it gets close to what their longevity is in the wild. So there's a lot of stuff that we should be fi- trying to figure out instead of, you know, at the same time even that we're pumping out crazy morphs and other fun stuff. We should also try to do something. 
Yeah, I mean, I always had this idea that, you know, and I've said this a couple times on the show, and who knows, maybe one day it'll come to fruition, but the idea mm-hmm. was that, you know, all of us as a, as a, as a group of, uh, you know, selected individuals would say, okay, so uh, what we're going to do is this is the question we have. So, you know, I think of a simple question like this. Well, um, you know, the debate on whether to feed uh, baby pythons pinkies or should you feed them hoppers or should you feed them adult mice? What, what's, right. what's, what's the right thing to do? Well, uh, you know, who knows? But you can sit here and say, you know, well, this is this and this is that. And, you know, this is the reason why I think this way. And you're going to find, uh, you know, 15 different people that think 15 different ways. But nobody has taken the time to sort of experiment, you know, half the cl- I'm going to do half the clutch with pinkies and half of the clutch here. And then, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is how you do it. And then pull that data together and see what everybody's right. results were. And maybe we can. I know it's not, you know, 100 percent scientific. And I know that, you know, but at least we'll have an idea, you know, and we'll have some 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 data to to, you know, back up what we're saying you know this is why we think this way this is the reason why we do this this is you know does a varied diet matter do you feed carpets uh, chickens every once in a while you know um is it when you're feeding them is seasonal feeding matter is it is it going to lead you more towards uh uh better success when it comes to breeding um humidity uh you know all these light cycles do these all matter who knows do they do they not you know one of the things that i that opened my mind um was when i'm talking to uh one of my friends in australia that you know is emailing me all the time he was taken back when i said on the show that albino carpets seem very difficult to get going and one of the things he mm-hmm. said to me was is that he keeps his albinos a little bit warmer than he does his other carpets. Huh? Right. Well, that's interesting. And I guess that makes sense since they are from the top end of Australia. Um, huh? I wonder if there's any, that's something that I, I wouldn't have thought of. Why? Because right. car, Darwin carpets are doing just fine at regular carpet Python temperatures, but maybe that's the <laughs> difference to make them feed better. You know what I'm saying? These right. are the type of things that, you know, so you'll be dead. You'll be, you'll be, uh, you better be sure that the next year when I'm breeding them, uh, I'm going to try that and see if that works. Um, but those are the things that I think should be, should be, you know, thinking outside the box and trying to push this even farther, uh, yeah. you know, in making the lives of these animals that we keep in our care as best as we can. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I think we kind of hit on, you know, everything as far as like what you should know or some guidelines that maybe help you. Um, you know, another, I'm going to touch on this last point and I think that, uh, this is one of the most important points I think is often overlooked. And, and I got this, thought from uh, a reptile radio episode uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Shane Whitaker, I believe it was. And he was a vet. And one of the things that he had mentioned is, is that, 
You know, when people buy a snake from somebody, let's say that you have everything that you want. You've found a breeder that you really like. You've done your research. You know you want a specific uh, type or more for subspecies or whatever it is, and you're ready to go and make the purchase. You go and you make mm-hmm. the purchase. The snake comes, and the one thing that people forget about is, is that so how they kept their completely different on how you're how you did. your snake. One of the things that he had said, which I think is just, and this is what I've adopted in mind, is when you're talking to the breeder, find out how they keep it, and then slowly acclimate your animal to what you're doing. And what's meant by that Mm -hmm. is is that keep it the same way that the guy was keeping it, or the girl, whoever, it doesn't matter, um, and then slowly work it into how you keep it. And I think think that... um, you know, long term, that the animal will will feed better, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. just adapt better to what you got going on. I mean, let's face it: when you're producing your snakes, no, I don't care how healthy the animal is, the best snakes in your collection are the ones you produced and kept back I agree and raised completely. The yeah. ones that you've raised up are the ones that are the hardiest that will put up with all the shit you do to them. The because best breeders, they're used to it. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, Trinity and Talon just had their, like, and Talon's an 08 and Trinity's an 07. And they just bred for me again. This is like the fourth or fifth time they have bred together. And this has got to be the sixth clutch she's ever produced. Talon has produced everything because he breeds to anything. But it, it clockwork put them together they did their thing did whatever <clears throat> no problems with the eggs no issues they perfect cannot well, let be me happy this question them. so when those babies come out of the egg and they hatch what's yeah. the difference between those babies starting they're, and eating and taking off they're as a big babies to... right they're they're big babies like they come out fat like they are her eggs are huge compared to some of my other females and I've never had an issue with like anybody from any of her clutches when it came to food, came to feeding, came to anything. Um, and actually at this point now I have her grandchildren that I'm raising up. Um, cause they produced echo and echo produced a bunch of animals. So it's, yeah. And, and the babies that I'm raising up, they're so quick to feed. They're putting on a ton of weight. They're getting bigger than animals of the same age that I got from other people. So it's a, it's just something to keep in a project in house. So. Yeah. And it is pretty cool. I think when you've put all that work into it and then actually the animals that you produced, um, are producing offspring. Yeah. And you know, multiple generations of animals, you know, well, I think it's, it's like, when I got Trinity, I got her from Ted Thompson. She coiled up around my thumb and her head wasn't even as big as my thumbnail. And now she is like a seven foot monster of a carpet python (laughs) where like her head takes up like my palm and like, and has churned out so many babies and so many stellar looking babies. Um, And to have the kids from the, to have the other further generations, um, it's just awesome. So uh, I'm, I definitely 
she's she's one of my favorite animals not because of you know what she is um when she came like you know, she's she's a she's a coastal you know i bought her as a lesser tiger back when they were doing that whole lie but um she's just a normal coastal and she's one of my favorites so yeah, she's uh, pretty sweet, that's for sure. I've uh, seen, seen her multiple times. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that kind of uh, that's kind of my thoughts when it comes to, uh, to you know, what you need to know and, and the direction that you should go. I think, I think another good point that if you're just getting into keeping snakes and that's all you're going to do is keep snakes, that's one thing. If you are going to breed or have any – hopes or desires of breeding at any point, um, you know, think about what you want to do, write it down, look at mm-hmm. it, see what you have to do to make, uh, that goal become a reality. Um, and, you know, be patient, be patient. You know, you don't have to, uh, you know, have everything and anything and right out of the gate and all your projects. And I mean, it wasn't until last year that I really started focus on bringing in really nice top-notch jungles into my class. Right. I mean, I've had jungles, but you know, not like some of the, not these you know, the guys. Jung- yeah. Not the jungles yeah. that I started with were more along the lines of, you know, the Palmerson's, the Van Inventor bloodline, um, all beautiful stuff. Um, all stuff that I still have and still admire and love in my collection. But, you know, I really, uh, I knew that one day I really did want to breed some really nice jungles, but I, I I really didn't put the time into understanding, you know, what was what, because at the time I was really focused on uh, IJs and coastals. So to me, you know, researching that was sort of where I was at. And then when the morphs sort of started to become available, I really wanted to get involved with that as well because some of the stuff that was getting produced was amazing. And I knew down the line that once, you know, selective breeding started to come into some of these morphs that, you know, well, the sky was the limit. And, you know, Mm. you see that today. I mean, look at these guys that are producing, you know, uh, phenomenal carpets. I mean, they're doing it both over in Europe and both here in the U.S. I mean, it's just, it really is uh, awesome to see uh, you know, people that are really trying to push um, carpet pythons forward. So, no, and you're and you're exactly correct. <clears throat> you know, if like we we talked about it numerous times in college, uh, there was a reptiles magazine that Will Leary wrote an article for, and I cut it to pieces because I managed to get like an extra one. I stole it, but um, from the uh, college like library but um managed to cut it up they i've done worse things at that campus it's fine so um they they, like on my tower computer in my dorm room i had pictures carpet pythons and it was like tiger jags and they were like the hot ticket of the day and then there was a super tiger jag and it's like holy shit one day i will get here and the other thing i would advise people is that there will always be more snakes if breeding is not something you want to be on the ground floor of, if you just want to produce the animals or you just absolutely love the morph, it's okay to wait a couple of years and then buy into it. You know, you don't have to be one of those guys that rushes out and spends two grand on an animal. 
if you wait a few years, you spend $600 and get the same damn animal. So if breeding is not at the top of your list, don't go crazy. And you'll actually enjoy the collection a little bit more, in my opinion. So, uh, and that was a lesson I kind of had to learn the hard way, um, where you, know, you invested in animals and either something went wrong or uh, the, <clears throat> the babies never panned out or uh, sexes weren't correct. It's like, there's a lot of stuff like that that can go wrong. So, like I said, if, if you want to be a breeder, then be a breeder and give it your all and, you know, make your decisions and stick to your guns. If you're just doing this for fun and it doesn't really matter to you, you know, enjoy yourself. Don't stress out about too many things. Have some fun. Come to Carpet Yeah, yeah so. exactly. That's what it's about. All right. Uh, I guess uh, anything else that you want to hit on? I think we've done enough damage around this popsicle stand. Yeah, no. I would agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure when we hang out, the hang up, the mad text will come about uh, you know what we said or what didn't. I just yeah. I just wanted everybody to be clear on um, you know that it's not about bashing other people and that's not no. what we're trying to do. And if it comes across that way, that's not what it's meant. It's just about you have to understand that you know it's about respect and integrity for a group. Um, of animals that, you know, there's, there's unique challenges that, that are there. I mean, it's not like ball pythons or, or stuff like that because we got subspecies, we got different species. There's morphs, there's morph combos, there's localities. There's all these things that are in this little group of pythons that we're all super passionate about and love so much. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have come before us that have done this work and 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 they kind of knew that maybe one day it would get to a point where everybody was starting to appreciate uh you know the species that they were working with um and when it goes in a different way it's not that i don't think that people are pissed i don't think people are trying to 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 get those people out they're just trying to make their point of what the vision was uh for these species of python that we work with yeah i don't think anybody's trying to get anybody out or tarnish anybody but at the same point you know everybody everybody wants a a fair shake you can't yeah represent things appropriately represent things accurately to the best of your abilities it's not that hard of a thing to ask and that is what i believe we need to hold ourselves to that standard and if we don't we're we're just going to end up muddying ourselves up. We're going to end up screwing up a lot of projects. We're going to end up pissing off a lot of people. And and that's not a, that's not a great way to do business and it's not a great way to do anything. So that's pretty much all we got for you guys is accurately depict your animals. Yeah. And, uh, come to carpet fest. (laughs) Yeah. Come to carpet fest. That's all we got. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, as far as I get, I guess we'll wrap it up and, uh, yeah. you know, we're still waiting to, uh, nail down, um, uh, next week's guest, uh, the week after that, I believe is the Condro round table. Um, pretty excited about that. We are 
Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell everybody what it's about. I don't know Do if it. I said this before, but uh, we're looking at um, focusing on nutrition um, mm. and uh, UV and all these things that, um, you know, might not <laughs> necessarily be something that people think about. Are deemed uh, not necessary. Yeah. So. Correct. Uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty excited because we have pretty awesome panel. Uh, yeah. We have, of course, our our brothers uh, from GTP Keeper Radio, both Buddy and Bill, will be joining us. Um, those guys are just, uh, shall I say, the creme de la creme when it comes to Condros. <laughs> um, Harlem Wall, uh, a guy I, I respect immensely oh my god this guy is just he's just amazing um mm-hmm. uh, ian uh Bissell, uh he's a uh, he hasn't been on the show before but man he has some awesome stuff and and uh he's uh he's he's gonna bring uh some good stuff to the show and the the other one is i'm working on getting one of the guys from reptilinks uh to come on because Nice. Uh, as far as nutrition and all that goes, I think they'll they'll bring a uh, uh, real good uh, perspective when it comes to uh, comes to that. Um, mm. So I think it, I think it will be a good show. I think um, you know some some of the thought is is like you know you see some of these chondros as as uh, in the wild, and um, I think even Harlan has an example of one that he had in the wild, and then he brought over into captivity and, you know, and the color completely changed. Well, why did it change? You know what I mean? Like mm. what, what caused it to, you know, look so different, yeah. you know? So, so that's some of the outside of the box type of thinking that we're going to be talking about. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, we haven't had a Chondro round table in quite a while and it is uh past due. So we're going to hit on that. Um, yeah. So, that's kind of where we're at. Um, as far as the show, uh, you know, the website's MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Um, you know, there is a lot of info over there of places where <laughs> it sort of uh, puts you into the world of Morelia. Maybe you want to start there. Um, every link that is, you know, decent uh, is, is, is over there, I think. You know, uh, past breeders that have been on, you can check out their websites, uh, you know, uh, the books, uh, there's papers over there where you can, you know, read papers about uh, carp pythons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we got the morph uh, list over there, the subspecies list over there. You know, it's it's all there for you to check out and um, uh, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Yes. If you have any questions or comments. Uh, send it to info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. You can follow us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, um, all those places at Morelia Python Radio. Uh, and, of course, if you want to listen to the show, how do you do that? Uh, you can <laughs> listen on iTunes uh, or whatever podcast app you choose. Uh, you can also listen from Blog Talk uh, if you so choose. <clears throat> it would be uh, BlogTalkRadio.com slash Radio. Um, is uh, how you get to that. Um, and as far as uh, don't forget, Carpet Fest Northeast Carpet Fest is June third. Uh, we're getting close. Uh, yeah. Pretty excited. Uh, if you uh, thinking about coming up, um, 
you know, get get in touch with me or Owen, and uh, we'll yeah, give you. Yeah, don't just show up. Details. Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's going to be uh, some cool people there. I know Nick is uh, is coming yeah. down. I know Chris is coming down. Chris Salemi from um, uh, up from New York. I know Rob Stone might be coming out. Uh, oh my God! I can't. Yeah. Like we can't have both of you in the same place for too long. I start losing track of who's who. So. <laughs> yeah. So that would be Rob, pretty cool. <laughs> hey Rob, no, it's me, Eric. Oh shit. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, talk about an awesome, and we have some of the uh, Blood Python guys coming out. Uh, you know, Matt yeah. will be there, of course. I'm hoping Keith will come. Uh, yeah. You know, those guys. Uh, I will sure be there. Oh, and we'll be there. That's, that's all you that's need. I mean, come on. Enough. I mean, geez, I'm bringing <laughs> Jim with me because yeah. he's told oh, me he will not sweet. miss it. So. Uh, I was talking to my dad about that the other night. And I was like, <laughs> hey, dad. Uh, you have to come to Carpet Fest, and he's like, "Okay, I'll come up. Uh, sure, when yeah. is it?" And I was like, "He's like, why do you want me to come?" I'm like, "Well, Owen's Owen dad is dad. <laughs> and I want I want to have a picture of before <laughs> and after <laughs> <laughs> the next stages of NPR. Yeah, yeah, when we're old and and, old uh, and the you know the old man yeah. that says, "Get off my lawn, you little brat!" You <laughs> I already do that. I already do that. <laughs> Children are on my lawn. I will scream at them. So, yeah. you know, uh, and for those who are wondering, I don't live on the side of a mountain, so uh, <laughs> you don't have to worry you about your kids flying down bastard. the hill. <laughs> so you think. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome time, awesome time. And uh, I can't wait, man. I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, and I'm also excited about Southern Carpet Fest. Uh, that's uh, April 29th. You know, get in touch with Bill or uh, Evan uh, for more details on that. Make sure you go over and check out their shirt that they got up for sale. It's always cool to have some uh, reptile swag for attending shows and such. They far too many um, shirts. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Goddamn radio show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's all I got as far as that. And then myself, I'm at ebmorelia.com, and my email is eric at ebmorelia.com. Cool. All right. So you can go to Rogue Dash Reptiles. Check out all the stuff we got going on over there. You can also search Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com. Give us a like. We respond to messages. Also, we have for sale ads on both those pages. If you are a fan of Rogue Reptiles Facebook page, you do get to see the animals that we're going to put up for sale a week before they go up on any of the websites like King Snake and Fauna. <clears throat> Upcoming shows, I got. Hamburg in April, uh, but I can deliver to the White Plains show as well as the Habit of Grace show. If you want anything or want to get put on the list of anything, now's the time to contact me because we're kind of running on fumes until the 2017 guys hatch. So don't wait. Um, that's all I got, and that's all we have for you guys tonight. So we will catch you all next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night. <laughs>